Welcome to episode 209 of the No Clue Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we are here. Playing tournament has already kicked off. Yeah. Uh, first round is done with, um, wow, Chicago winning the first, winning their first game. Um, who won the first, the very first game? Uh, yeah, already. Atlanta. Lakers. Lakers and Atlanta are moving yeah. on. To play the two seeds and um the dunder have uh, uh won their game so which game do you want um, to start with let's go let's go lakers timberwolves first timberwolves without their two best defenders yeah uh, um anthony edwards seems like he's hurt i guess they're saying he's hurt but he played atrocious in this game. I mean, just absolutely terrible. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, the, the game a couple weeks ago, he was horrible too. Yeah. But this, like, you could feel that game. You could feel the Lakers really locked in on stopping him, not letting him get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game, dude, at one point, he like, he was on an island with Austin Reeves and had mm-hmm. to settle for a jumper. Yeah. And every time he drove, they sent like two people there to challenge the shot. Yeah. And he, he had to take some really, really tough shots every drive. Couldn't score one on one. It was it was it was a really rough night for him, especially as a rising prospect who we've seen be, you know, a killer at times. That was a rough yeah. night for him. <clears throat> um Towns, however, played pretty well, other than fouling, other than hacking. But as far as his offensive game, he looked really good in this game. Yeah, I mean, in the first three quarters, he was, yeah. you know, he came out hot, especially early on. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are weird because, and I guess we could deep dive this more when we kind of preview their matchup, but this mm-hmm. last month of the season, LeBron's been doing this thing of like, Find the weak link in every lineup and and don't check them at all. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work again. Again, the game before with Jaden McDaniel's was cooking him, and he's mm-hmm. not really an offensive player, right? And you come out here and and you give up open shots to Torian Prince, and Torian Prince got going early on, and now everybody's hot to start the game. And Prince isn't even really shouldn't even really be considered a weak link. That's what I'm saying. He, he can get it going. Yeah, I've it, seen I mean, Prince be a starter, a good bench player. I've seen him have like big scoring games. Yeah, I just I don't understand why you wouldn't just come out and guard. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, and it is weird that they've been doing that lately. Um, yeah, it's strange. They they kind of are relying on the inside defense from them with. Uh, yeah, Vanderbilt, Davis, Winnie Gabriel, where they just say, Hey, you know, if guys want to take spot of threes, that's cool, we'll go out there, but we lock down the paint on every drive. Yeah, um, the Timberwolves, uh, they should have won this game, obviously. Yes, yes, they and should have. If they could have had like two good offensive possessions. The last eight minutes of the fucking game, or regulation at least, yeah, they win. They just needed two field goals from 
uh, Anthony Edwards from their best scorer. Two more. I think he was three for 17. Yeah. If he had just given gave him just a little more from him would have made all the difference because they were just a basket away from winning, you know, in regulation, obviously. So were the Lakers, but. Dude, and Minnesota I'm going to be honest, like I think team. two of his baskets were in overtime. I think so, too. Yeah. So, uh, if anything, he really had one bucket on the day. One for 15 in regulation. I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah, it is. It is. For anybody. But, yeah, so if they just had a little bit from that, it looks like the overall better team to me. Conley played fantastic. They just looked like they had everything under control other than how well Anthony Edwards was playing. See, I disagree. I, I didn't think they looked better. I just thought they shot it well early on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you saw it in that fourth quarter. You know, guys are literally just passing around and just looking at each other. I mean, that, that was like... That was one of the most atrocious. The coaching was horrible down the stretch. Nobody wanted to like cut or or make anything happen. I mean, they were so dumb at one point down the stretch that they would run switches to get Anthony Davis guarding the ball, which is mm-hmm. like, which is like the backwards. Why would you target the team's by far best defender? Right. And it was like it, right. it was matchups that didn't even make sense. Like, let's get slow mo or let's get AD check in slow mo and Kyle Anderson make something happen. They having to rely so much on Kyle Anderson is not a good game plan at all. I will agree with that. And they definitely do. They have been the last month, probably of the season. And when when the team is inept offensively, like the star players have to take some kind of control Mm -hmm. and that that's what was most disturbing the coach never really tried to take any control of this game he was shot in this game i mean he was he was completely exposed he's been completely exposed i mean this was this is a team who had memphis on the ropes in the playoffs last year yeah a lot of people forget that they had multiple 20 point leads on memphis yeah. And they blew them because they were inept offensively. Yep. I mean, to think at one point they ran a post up for Cat on Anthony Davis. Like, why yeah. would you think that's a good idea when you're not able to get a good shot? I mean, the thing is, as a as a coach and with towns, like I would think that Cat feels that way. Even though we're, you know, as watchers, we think that's a crazy idea, but they may think, oh, I, you know, you're our best big. That's their best big. You just got to go at him. But, I, but okay, I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll say I'll Towns had that. the mindset, like maybe Towns did say something like, let's get me a post up. Let's make something, maybe just give me a mismatch or not even a mismatch. Yeah. Let me just attack. Yeah. Bro, he kicked it to Torian Prince. When Austin Reeves, like before Austin Reeves even got there to double at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah. why are we feeding you the ball? So you're you're kicking it out before the double even gets there? Mm-hmm. Not even drawing defense. I mean, Torian Prince was was garbage down the stretch. He was. It, it's almost like really LeBron. You need to expect him to show up. 
Right, but it's almost like LeBron's stupid game plan of not guarding him worked out. Because he was way too confident down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. But Minnesota, like, Towns and Edwards did nothing to take control of this team. Mm -hmm. And that was just such a disappointment to me. I I would have had no problem Towns coming down and getting, like, just stuffed by AD over and over again. That The fourth quarter that you're talking about, I mean – what you're talking about was most apparent in the fourth quarter because Minnesota yeah. was absolutely terrible in that quarter. Yes. When the Lakers were coming back, Lakers grabbed the momentum and just kept it for basically the whole fourth quarter and overtime. And Timberwolves just had to work and struggle to even get a decent look on every possession. Um, they didn't even look like they gave up working hard at one point. Yeah, they did. They did. Just guys standing there. Yeah. I, I also don't like where they like start their plays because mm-hmm. Conley a lot of times starts plays in the corner and Kyle Anderson maybe will start like initiate the play for a double screen for Anthony Edwards and then Edwards gets it and like nobody there's like no more movement in the rest of the play. It's like everyone just stands and watches Anthony Edwards at that point. There's not really good spacing. Um there's like no available ball handlers to even reset at all. So it's bad, man. I, I think that the team looked better than the Lakers, but to your point, at least for me, the coaching overall was atrocious for the no, he, he I don't know how he can't Finch, come back after that. I agree. I don't know how he comes back next season. And I, I don't think he's like overall like a terrible coach, like in yeah. general, but Right for this team is just not it. Like maybe he's maybe he's done what he was supposed to do for this team, and now it's time to move on. But um, yeah. it's too many young guys; they have too much at stake. He's a lot of careers that are like in the twilight of their career at this point, and not of like their overall NBA career, but of what are they going to be in the league kind of thing. Um, it's too much at stake for a lot of these guys. So I I would definitely say they got to move on immediately. Yeah. And there's good coaches out there, man. There's no reason to – right now, there's no reason to, like, go through it with a bad coach with so many good coaches available. I mean, look, I'll give them credit. They they got really unlucky. Their best role player got hurt, or maybe their hottest role player got hurt, you know, two weeks before the season ended. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Nas Reed was huge for them. Yeah. He was like the most of their bench, like scoring off the bench. Yeah. He was was all of their versatility off the bench. Yeah, he was. So missing, again, if he was playing, Minnesota wins this comfortably. I agree. I agree. But they got to get more like leadership from Cat and Edwards. They just, and I hope a new coach could can find a way to do that. Yeah, I mean, and we're not even talking about, when it comes to coaching, we're not even talking about a fight that happened in a timeout last week. We're not talking about one of your players breaking his own hand, punching a wall. Like, you know, it's it's not good, man. It's a lot of... Really immature. Haywire. It's haywire and like, at this point. And I hate that people throughout the season assumed that this team was immature, and they lived up to that. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. that's why it really bothers me. Yeah, and, and it shows you that as much as Cat and Edwards are, you know, Conley's never really been a leader. Conley's just a you know good dude. But as much as they think that they have leadership, if the coach doesn't have any leadership, the leadership on the team means nothing. Like the coach still has to have some sort of leadership or yeah. some sort of sort of uh, voice in the locker room that makes players think that they have someone that at least has their back on something. Not yeah. to the point where they need to be fighting their teammates. So shout out to Gobert, man. Gobert has so many consequences that he deserves that he just hasn't gotten at all for a long time. Suspended oh, one man. game is crazy. I hate how meaningless it was that he was out. I asked I asked numerous people before the game. I was like, like, do you think missing Gobert is like a significant like change to the prediction no not a single person was like oh yeah they're way better with gobert out there nobody even noticed that he was gone the only thing yeah me that was for me too i I wouldn't have changed my prediction but the only thing not having in made towns have to get so many fouls i mean towns probably still would have got four fouls but like Gobert would have taken at least two fouls. Two really honestly, good. Honestly, like if you're uh, if you're hacks. foul prone, like can you actually hack people? Yeah. Like he his fouls are horrible. They are really bad fouls. They like, all don't bad help IQ, them at all. Bad decisions, like soft fouls. Like please, yo, take somebody's arm. Yeah, rather just get a couple of flagrants in there. <laughs> Some hard fouls that make guys want to get up and fight you after. He's crying to the refs like he's mad at them. Like, cat, there's history of you getting in foul trouble in playoff games. Like, what what are you doing? The rebounding fouls are are really bad. Oh like, God! As a big, you shouldn't be getting rebounding fouls. You really shouldn't. Dude, his he's got a lot of the uh, the Lamarcus Aldridge posture issues. Yeah, he does. He does. makes him play with his elbows way more than he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, any, anyway, congrats to the Lakers. Uh, they, you know, got it done. They'll be play, playing the Grizzlies, which we'll get their, to their later. Their depth looks looks really impressive. It does, and D'Angelo Russell didn't even play good in this game. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Bad. The, the ability to, like, all right, because I I've seen deloading play like this countless times, mm-hmm. and having the versatility to sit him and play Schroeder most of the crunch time minutes, yeah, I mean was invaluable. And Schroeder was was awesome in the second half. He was. He was yeah, a he huge a really catalyst for their run. <clears throat> part of part of being able to do that is having LeBron though, because if they didn't have LeBron, like it's not really a one for one with those guys. But being able to still have LeBron really be playing point helps a lot in those situations. Yeah. Um, but it also helped got, with the front court because they did the same thing with Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't expect Hachimura to play most of the second half of the fourth quarter and overtime. Yeah. yeah. But he, he did some really well. Huge shots. Yeah. Huge shots. This is the best game he's played as a Laker to me. Um, yeah, man. Defensively, he's, he's game. really solid. Yeah. They their their role players all play really good defense, which is really nice too. 
being able to bring in Winnie Gabriel, who plays pretty good defense. You got Vanderbilt. You got Rui. Um, yeah. For the power forward spot, that's definitely helpful. Uh, so we'll get to them in the Grizzlies later. Let's go to the other uh, uh, high seed playing game, which was the Heat and the Hawks. Um, who did you pick going into this game? Miami. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I most you know, of the basketball world thought Miami would win this game. Yeah, and I think people listening to the podcast know that personally, I like the Hawks better. But I did think Miami would win this game. But Hawks looked really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk really about good. the Hawks first. Um, yeah, they. Oh, go ahead. Their spacing looked uh, very consistent. It did. Like it did. The, there was a great balance, which is kind of surprising because you have a, a newer coach. Uh, mm-hmm. You had a deadline pickup, who's kind of a key rotation guy now. Yep. You've had chemistry, like strange issues with Trey Young throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but the team felt really in sync. They did really cohesive. the The rotation looked really clean and and well thought out and very balanced. Uh, yep. Their depth looked good. Depth I liked looked what fantastic. I saw. I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Atlanta. Me too, man. The depth looked really, really good. Their shot attempts were, you know, all advised i should say where in the past they've had a lot of ill-advised choices when it comes to shot attempts i really liked all the shots that everyone took in this game i thought everyone moved really well um collins got a lot of cuts murray is has always been a fantastic cutter uh okongu is a great cutter they um jalen johnson is another dude who runs the floor really well super athlete um their their depth is finally coming into form where Bogdanovich isn't the only guy who takes shots off the bench. Yes. With Bay, you have another guy who spreads the floor, plays both ends, good size, and takes good shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bogdanovich can actually do a little more playmaking off the bench. than Which he did in Sacramento, I remember, pretty well. He did. And then he came here and just turned into like this – chucker volume chucker off the bench and that yeah. hasn't helped them at all um but getting Sadiq Bay has definitely changed a lot um Quinn Snyder did a good job in this game shout out to Clint Capella man 21 rebounds 21 rebounds which I mean this team is know. night and day different when Capella's playing yeah they are they are uh, I think they're essentially complete when he's out there I agree. And this is the same Miami team that made it seem like the Hawks were really easy Trash. to beat. Like they yeah. had a game plan against the Hawks. That was before DeJounte Murray. And we mentioned this offseason when they got DeJounte Murray, there wouldn't be games like this again because you can't double team Trey anymore. You can't double team Trey and completely get the Hawks out of their offense anymore because now you have another really good point guard, someone who's, you know, capable of averaging a triple-double if he has to, that can uh, run the play even when you're doubling Trey. And Trey shot like garbage in this game. Yeah, He still looks like the much better team. He's one for eight from three. It's terrible. 
but yeah, and had a lot of turnovers, but uh, it, it looked solid. It's really solid. Yeah, with Atlanta, uh, one another depth point that we've kind of t- touched on was uh, now with Sadiq Bay and Bogdanovich kind of coming off the bench together. Yeah, uh, Hunter's minutes could very much better. Yes, where and, and he's a strange player because he seems like he doesn't really fit. But then uh-huh. sometimes th- there are times when he plays very well and he, he is aggressive and he's like getting to the mid range. Mm-hmm. But now you have the luxury of like, if he's taking bad shots or if he doesn't really fit with the guys out there, you can sit him down. Yeah. 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 And before it was always like, if he's got to sit, that means Bogdanovich is playing more minutes, which means he's taking more bad shots. <laughs> yep. Now you actually like your rotation is complete enough to where you're subbing and bringing guys in based on what you need. Yeah. And it, yeah. I think it, it makes them a lot more dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, it does. I, I completely agree. Um, Hunter can, if he doesn't have a defensive matchup that he has to play, you can go ahead and take him out. It could be even be that simple. Oh, they took Jimmy Butler out. All right, Hunter, you can come out. Yeah. It Like it, it could be something that small. And now you have a better defensive lineup where you can put Sadiq Bay in with Hunter. Yeah. There's just a lot they can do. They can go smaller with Hunter at the four, maybe Collins at the five. There's a lot of stuff they can do um, by getting Bay, who's another super versatile player. Like I don't even know what position Bay plays. I just know no. sometimes he's at the wing. He can post up. He can like two through four. He can guard two through four. So, yeah. but that's yeah. again Bogdanovich being the only guard wing hybrid out there was very noticeable. Like you could kind of tell he he fit weird, but now mm-hmm. Bay, who's also to me like a guard wing, plays two through four. Now, like you really don't know where the shots are coming from. You know yeah. who's getting the ball more, and it, again, it makes him more dangerous, makes him more versatile. Yeah, it does. And another like thing that doing. getting another thing that getting Murray did was make Bogdanovich not have to be such a playmaker. Um, it didn't have yeah. like he could have been a playmaker, but how he was being the only guy coming in off the bench, the only scorer, he had to take a lot of shots and try to playmake on the side. Now you like he comes in for Trey and it's just DeZante who's running point with Bogdanovich out there and can actually get him some better shots. So yeah, yeah, it, it helps a lot. It makes their it makes the flow of the game go better for them. Yeah, I, I still would like to see. Play. I would like to see other sets besides high pick and rolls. Yeah. Uh but again, like if if you're committed to that, and if you're, I mean, Dallas made a conference finals run last year. Uh, Atlanta made a conference finals run doing mostly that a couple years ago. So. Again, I I really like how the team feels more self aware, and they just feel more cohesive, which is I think is gonna be great for them. I agree. I agree, and they had guys that didn't even play that really, you know, <laughs> not really playoff guys. But AJ Griffin could have got some minutes. Aaron Holiday probably couldn't have played in this game. Garrison Matthews is another player that can get out there and do something. They got um. Their bench is really, really nice, man. I mean, 
they could always get better, but they look really, really good this year. Yeah. I'm surprised Griffin didn't play because he's been a big piece for them throughout the season. Yeah, me too. I, I especially against I mean, Miami has guys that he definitely could guard. Um and, and he's a solid shooter. Uh, you know. I guess everyone else out there was just playing everyone was playing pretty well too. So Yeah. It is what it is. And I wanted to make sure we talked about the winning team first, because even though like all the praise to Atlanta, none of what they did really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them play this well. I, I didn't think, you know, I, I thought they were close to being this good throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, I just, they they were just a very strange team as far as wins and losses went. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make sense for a team like this to hover around 500 for, like, 80% of the year. Yep. Which makes me question, like, if they're better than they we think, if they're worse. But their potential is really good. It is. It is. Yeah. But we got to talk about the team that lost. Yeah. I have been the the Miami defender on this show. Uh the yeah. Miami apologist in a lot of in a lot of discussion about them. Yeah. Uh but my god, Eric Spolster's ego has just gotten out of control. Why why you say that? Dude, you can't just play whoever and think like yeah, the rotation's good enough. <laughs> what? Why? What do you mean? <clears throat> I mean, Miami <laughs> loses whoever. Max Struess is whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Max, okay. no disrespect, and and we've been nothing but positive. Gabe Vincent as a playoff starter at the one against two of the top ten point guards in the fucking league. Yeah. Really? Like, oh, oh, we're so, we're so, uh, we have such great depth. We're bringing Lowry off the bench. By the time Lowry came into the game, you were getting blown out. And the six man of the year candidate they're starting, who's not even close to a defender. They're starting against two of the top 10 point guards in the league. Listen, Tyler Harrow was absolutely atrocious in this game. And I I don't hold that against him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Spolster, what did you think of this guy? Mm-hmm. Has he shown any sort of improvement in any area of his game besides his perimeter scoring? Not to me. So he didn't even no shoot vers- that good from the perimeter in this game. No versatility. You already tried to play him at the one, and that was disgusting back then. It looks even more disgusting now. It's really bad. You missed the early portion of this game. The early second quarter, I mean, again, they're on the verge of getting blown out. Kyle Mm -hmm. Lowry, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, is on the court. Mm -hmm. And the offense, every possession is going through Tyler Harrow. Yeah. Again, like, like, what did you think of this guy? He's not versatile. He's pretty soft. Like, 
I don't understand. And you keep feeding him the ball like he could do everything. Right. It's not so really a Tyler great finisher Harrell, either. No, he's not. And to Tyler's mm-hmm. credit, I like that he was trying to be aggressive. Yeah. If you have it me looked, out there. It looked disgusting, but I still like that he was trying because we know we're not getting that from the best player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, Miami, again, living up to all the negative, like, ideas people have. Miami lived up to everything negative that you've said about them the last two years in one fucking game. I know, yeah. In one game. I mean, I can go down the fucking list. I don't even want to talk about the two white boys getting cooked to start the game. (laughs) Like, honestly, like, what did yeah. you think Atlanta was going to do? Attack Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Like, it's beyond insanity. Dude, Struess and Tyler Harrow almost simultaneously get in foul trouble because they're the worst athletes on the court. And Lowry, Lowry and got this, four fouls off the bench in this game. But Lowry's been a hack box. So, I'm Lowry's, yeah. and he had a good game. So, I really don't care about him. He did have a good game, yeah. But bro, this is this is where Eric Spolster's ego is just insane. Struce and Harrow get in foul trouble, and he doesn't take them out the game right away. And he doesn't put Oladipo in, who had like a defensive resurgence last year and most of the season. Uh, Dude, oh my god! Like them. Gabe Vincent is not a starter. Okay. Uh, Struce can't check anybody. You keep trying to t- convince us he's a starter, Spo. We're not stupid. There's no no good starters in the NBA, especially not today, that can finish the game only taking three point field goals. Like there's no, you're not a good starter if that's how your game Thank goes. You. Playing 24 minutes and you've only taken five shots and they were all threes. There's no good starter in the NBA like that right now. And JJ might have been like the last one to ever be good at that. But there was so much more wrong. Like you put Love out there, who was the worst athlete, like who would be by far the worst athlete on Atlanta's roster. Love was starting a lot of games for Miami this year. He didn't help any of the issues they had. No, he didn't. No. he's They didn't need him at all, yet that's who they went out and fucking scooped up. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about you talk about Capella having twenty one rebounds. I yeah. I, I want to right now apologize because I definitively claimed that Bam Adebayo was the third best center in basketball, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, he played really bad in this game. Listen, listen, it, like they're force feeding him again. The double's not even coming. Like, bro, you're not even good enough to get double teamed. Kick it mm-hmm. out. Struce, let's run a handoff. I mean, yeah. Like, Harrow, Harrow, let's run a handoff so you could throw me the ball back, even though the two guys that are just going to check me because they're not worried about you at all. Mm-hmm. And you're going to throw me the ball anyway. They're going to be right there and they're going to go the other way and score. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this game, and Jimmy Butler's just a spectator out there. Yeah, he was. I mean, there was no defensive intensity from anybody on this roster except Lowry. Mm-hmm. But Lowry can only take so many charges before he becomes a hack box. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I mean, Oladipo looked washed up. Yeah. Love looks washed up. Look at their contract after, situation. There's no bright the game, future here. After the game, Love told the media that he was looking on, you know, hoping to play 20 years in the league. Stop it, K-Love. Just stop <laughs> it. K-Love, yeah, like, K-Love. Bro, you may have one more. <laughs> please, God, don't go out like KG. Don't just stick around for no fucking reason at all for like three extra years. The Timberwolves do that to you. <laughs> yeah. But Miami, again, I, I was so disgusted at how every concern we've ever had for Miami came to like to like a rearing head in one game. Yeah. This this yep. and you look at their contract situation, bro. Lowry comes back next year, you're paying him a ton of money. You locked mm-hmm. in Tyler Harrow despite the fact that he showed no versatility whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy Butler couldn't care less if you fucking are a lottery team next year, despite what he says to the media. Right. Uh, and, and bam, like the, the team rebound stats make bam look atrocious. Yeah. I mean, there, there were moments in this game where Bogdanovich, who's probably the worst athlete for the Hawks, boxed him out. Mm-hmm. Okungu looked like just as good of a player as him. Yeah. And, and Spo, and Spo, every fucking time we put in the starters back, Struess, Struess, Max Struess, get back in there. Max Struess, get back in there. Good Lord, yeah. Why? I, I don't I don't get it. I'd rather die with Victor Oladipo out there playing bad than with Max Struess playing. Even I with Max Struess shooting with well, I would rather have Oladipo playing bad out there. I, I just I don't get like Spolstra's seemingly lack of willingness to do anything differently was mm-hmm. like you got guys sitting there. Why why the fuck did y'all pay Duncan Robinson? You can't score. You're not playing defense with your best defenders out there. Might as well throw him out. Maybe he gets hot. I know he didn't play at all, which is crazy. I mean, this, this guy started like, in the finals for them, and he didn't play at all a year and a half him, later. Paid him like he was going to start for half a decade and then just said, oh, you actually suck. Yep. Miami it makes no sense. And I look at this roster like – why they just let PJ Tucker walk? Yeah, it it ain't like PJ Tucker's expensive, right? And their replacement I'm sure he likes was, Miami, right? And their replacement was probably the most unathletic veteran in the league. Yeah, on on a team that starts two below average athletes. Yep. Again, Spoh's going to have to open his fucking eyes and, like, see what he's actually putting out there. Yeah. he. You know, this is one thing I've never liked about Spo. He has a very – he's so arrogant that he has this, um, I'm going to try this, and when it works, everybody's going to think, like, I'm a genius. Like, bro – Tyler Hero coming off the bench was great. It was perfect. 
He was a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He would have been a six-man-of-the-year candidate anytime he comes off the bench. Don't throw him out there as a starter and be like, see, I told y'all he was a starter. No, he's not. He's not, man. I mean, he's not a starter for a good team. You know, I like I compare him to Kevin Martin all the time. Kevin Martin started his whole career. Not one of those teams were good teams. Never. And it's because he's just a volume shooter. He can do nothing else but volume shoot. And if he's um, not shooting, he's out there getting cooked. He played 35 minutes in this game, had zero assists. And he was passing zero. a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. His turnovers are just are like so egregious. It's such an automatic layup or three-pointer the other way. Yeah, it is. He but likes to can... throw the like uh, top of the key cross court pass a lot. Yeah, and you can see his passes ahead of time. Like, why would you even think to throw that? Mm-hmm. For a guy in Miami, thought to try him at the one a year ago or two years ago. I mean, they kind of do now. Even though Vincent is out there, Vincent really doesn't handle the ball as much as Hero does. I just I... Vincent. Kind of just brings it up. It's I'm really not. I'm done taking Miami seriously. They'll probably beat uh, Chicago, and maybe, maybe they'll even make, look competitive against Milwaukee for a couple games. Yeah, but I'm done being excited about this team. Like th- this is a team. Udonis Haslam is done now too, so there's really no locker room leadership that I trust. He might get a coaching job though. I mean, yeah, he probably will, but Miami is is so far gone, and Jimmy Butler has allowed the, this team to be so complacent that mm-hmm. it's just it's a wash. Like they don't have a switch; they're not talented enough to turn it on offensively or defensively. Like honestly, yeah. there's really no definitive reason that I would I could give you to say they beat Chicago. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think one thing with Chicago, and well, we'll talk about that in a little while, but I agree with you. Uh, this team, to me, like overall lacks hunger, like for the most part. I think Kevin Love is the dude who kind of just wants to coast and just like have fun playing basketball right now. The fact that Victor Oladipo even took the low to be a bench player when he was an all-star before he got hurt, this told me that oh Victor he doesn't want to play anymore. That Gosh. that's what it told me. I I know that sounds sounds disrespectful, but and I've never really been an Oladipo fan. I think you can remember that. Um, as soon as he took this and went back to Miami, I was like oh he doesn't really want to play. I get it, because the guys in Miami don't play hard. They play hard like once a week. Out of like the four games they have, Hero just jacks his arms. You know, he ices his arms every game. But Jimmy is just so disappointing, man. Jimmy is a top five talent in the NBA, top 10 for sure. I I think he's top five. I don't know how the basketball media like allows him to just like it's okay. Like he carried Miami to a finals and now they're like a basic playing team. And everybody's like, well, the roster isn't good. The roster's not athletic. Maybe Spolster's not that good of a coach. Maybe Bam's not that good of a center. Like, 
hello, the main reason is blatant. Yeah. Yeah. Com- and the- Jimmy Butler is comfortable and, and complacent with no expectations. Because all those other things are actually, you know, are actually false. You know, the roster is good. They are, they are athletic. Victor Oladipo may be one of the most athletic players to ever play basketball, and yeah. he just doesn't even play for the team. Bam, I mean, Bam is like a top 10 athlete, overall athlete in the league. Yeah, he is. He's definitely the most athletic center. Yeah. Uh, He's and out there um, getting cooked by fucking wings. Yeah. Caleb Martin is a great athlete. Um, and even I know like Robinson and Shrews are shooters, but they're big shooters. Like Robinson is a tall shooter. There's not a lot of guys that are like, you know, built yeah. like him to be shooters. I mean, you know, he's thin, but he's tall. Uh, it's just, you know, Cody Zeller is a good athlete for a third string big. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't know why they let Jimmy get away with it. I don't let Jimmy get away with it uh, personally, but. But I'm not. I'm done know. having a glass half full attitude for this team. They've regressed. I wait to see. I wait to see what happens with in the Bulls game. Yeah, but I, you know, I've been how I have been a, with Miami for a long time. So, yeah, I don't have to. <clears throat> Uh, there's nothing for me to say about it really i've had a weird feeling about them for a while um okay let's move on to the second uh second round well not second round but the lower seed bracket of the playing games which was pelicans and thunder um this happened last night as we're recording yes uh what do you think in this one well, this was uh first time I got to see the uh, Thunder at full strength in a while. Well, other than Chet, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they're full strength as far as their current season went. And mm-hmm. I was very pleasantly surprised with their roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew SGA was gonna get off in the second half. Um Yeah. Same thing with Ingram. I thought both, like, the Pelicans defended SJ well early on, and uh, the Thunder did the same thing with Ingram. Yeah. But both of those guys have been such elite scorers throughout the year that I figured they would find a way and get going, and they did. It made an mm-hmm. exciting second half. Mm-hmm. But the Thunder are not a one-man show by any means. No, they're not. Uh, this was my first game seeing Giddy with the crazy box score, like in person. Yeah, I've I've seen a bunch of the stats of him, you know, triple double, twenty five, and whatever. But this mm-hmm. was my first time seeing it in person, honestly. Yeah, he's normally a few times I have seen him. He's normally not that aggressive. He's normally just you know makes the right decisions. Doesn't really yeah. do too much. But right. he's he normally a really doesn't have high IQ guard. This big of scoring games either. Yeah. Normally. And I really like you could feel him like slightly get more aggressive because SGA was being defended well. Yeah. But it was very within the team. He still was making all the right extra passes by the assist. You could tell by the assist numbers. He, mm-hmm. I thought he rebounded very well on both ends. I thought he he played through contact really well. 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, man, like the Thunder have a very bright future with just SGA and Giddy running the show. Is SGA the point guard? Like, is he listed as the point guard for this team? Yes, but he really doesn't play like one. Yeah, I was going to say, Giddy really plays point guard for this right. team. Right, and it looks but, very good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, when I mean, SGA can go off ball, it looks really nice. Yeah. Those guys both played 42 minutes in this game. And the Pelicans did. It's a, it's a better idea than LeBron trying it with Torian Prince. He's a proven mm-hmm. scorer. The Pelicans tried the same thing with Lou Dort in this game. And like letting him get off? Yes. And yeah, Lou Dort proceeded to fucking torch them. He did. And I've seen Lou Dort torch people before. I'm pretty sure everyone. I mean, I would hope that they have too. Listen, I understand his jump shot looks weird. It's a low release, which is not really a good thing for a score. Um, his overall game is kind of stiff, but yo, he clearly is not just a defender out there. Yeah. He's still an NBA player, you know? No, but like he's, he's I know they put him out there as like the primary matchup guy, but it ain't like he's turning down open looks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like he takes all the open looks they get him. He looks to Mm -hmm. attack. He doesn't settle. I mean, mm-hmm. and, but they kept giving him open shots and he kept knocking them down. And, and it yeah. frustrated me because otherwise the Pelicans were playing good defense. Yeah, they were. Um, they were they were but, playing really good defense on everybody else other than Dort in the first half. But that was my biggest takeaway was just how impressive uh, OKC's roster looked. I mean, they don't really have a center, but all their bigs played really hard, crashed. Uh, they had like interesting ways of finishing inside that I didn't expect. Yeah, the Thunder man, they're they're building something special. Yeah, a lot of their biggest guys are out. Obviously, Holmgren will be their center later, but um, uh, Poku is seven foot. He was out. He's not really a center, but he's like a small forward. And Kenrich Williams I didn't see is Baisley a, either. Is there big? Did Baisley play? I didn't even notice him. No, he didn't. No, no. They kind of, I don't know why, like, Sarge went one place and, like, played power forward, and then now everyone, like, uses him as a big. I think it was Phoenix that they started using him as a big, and then, like, now everyone does, which is weird to me because he is obviously a small forward, but they he use did, him. Uh, like a, he did a good job on Valanchunas, though. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, yeah, man, they're, they're tough. I haven't seen a team with this much energy in a long time. Like, it looks like everyone comes in with their full energy meter and, like, yeah. uses it all the way down. Yeah. And it's just everyone's moving 100 miles an hour. Other than Giddy and Shay, everyone is going, like, all over the place, like, moving, moving, moving. Isaiah Joe is moving, like, you know, like the uh, like you're watching it on fast forward on two times yeah. speed. He never his legs never stop going. Uh, Aaron Wiggins keeps going, keeps going. Both Jalen Williams, um, yeah, yeah, man, they're tough. They got a lot of guys who are aggressive who go at you. Trey Mann didn't play in yeah. this game. Who I I really like him when he does play, but he's another guy that just keeps moving, keeps moving. Attacks, yeah. And um, 
I think it's good because they're a team that doesn't really have like a a real mismatch. Like SGA is good, but for me at least, I don't really trust SGA as like a if he has the ball, he's guaranteed to get a good shot on whoever is checking him kind of guy. Not yet, at least. And especially because the the Pelicans have good a really good wing rotation. They do, yeah. Especially right. defensively, good size guys are like really committed to getting stops. So they're the yes. wrong team to just like feed a guard the ball. Exactly. So that that I thought that was really impressive that they still found a way. Giddy is just he gets to good spots and he just sees everyone on the floor. Great vision. Um, and Dort was just Dort stepped up, man. He looks like the one player that has been in a really good playoff series. Like yeah. he he really used that experience in this game. Um they're good, man. It's not I don't really have like a whole lot I can even say about them. They just looked good. And they're a and young team, so Yeah. And that tough. was my takeaway, to be honest with you, for this game as a whole, because I mean, I've seen the Pelicans a bunch, but mm-hmm. it, I just for the Pelicans, man, I, I want them to run it back with this group. And I really I, I don't know what they're gonna do with Zion. I know it's gonna be a huge like topic of conversation, whether he's Clear, there's apparently some animosity between whether he's healthy or not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want the group that played this year to run it back. I agree. I, I still, I, I think there are some tweaks they could do to the roster, but overall, I really like what they have from top to bottom. I really do. Even yeah. the guys that like don't get a lot of minutes, like Najee Marshall, I really like. Um, the EJ Liddell who didn't need, who's hurt I think in this game I really like him even though he doesn't play that much Tyra Lewis I like what he gave to the game even though it was for like three minutes um but Herb Jones Trey Murphy Ingram that so much length there so much good yeah. defense um everyone is a capable scorer Josh Richardson came in and had great minutes really dumb foul but great minutes overall uh and you know you know i love jackson hayes and valachunas their big rotation is great I, yeah. not having larry nance in this game hurt obviously not having alvarado in this game was really you know really yeah. bad you know i'm cool with zion being in or out if they could have those other guys exactly. to be that's that's the thing it's like a lot of people think their season was just because zion went out they were playing well without Zion. It's because like half the fucking roster went out at one point. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, all all the a lot of the names you mentioned being out are a huge rotation players for them. They are, they are. Especially Nansen and Alvarado, like just a a key part of their rotation. Yeah, that's their sixth and seventh man. Right. Uh you know, I will say, and I said it before, and I try. Over the season, I didn't say anything because I really did want to see how it played out. But the CJ at the point thing, they may want to look into getting a good point guard. And I'm not saying CJ isn't a good point guard because he's made it work. But he's still he's still the second best scorer on this team. And when he has to bring the ball up and take everyone out of the offense for him to get a shot off, it doesn't help them. It takes away a lot of their movement. He took 15 shots in this game. Five from 15 is not horrible. But when he does that, a lot of times no one else is touching the ball. And um, no one else is running the offense. 
if he's in score mode, he's not seeing the floor that well. So maybe if there is one thing I would say that they could do is get a, a point guard and move CJ back to like his yeah. natural shooting and guard position. That's your your point is kind of like the the necessary adjustment to the problem I had watching, especially down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's CJ's turn or Ingram's turn. There was never a play where your two best players are trying to make something happen together. Mm-hmm. Like not a handoff. Yeah. It, it was it was like everyone but CJ that had to feed Ingram the ball. Right. Which was just yep. weird. And like CJ was was just off to the side a lot, like with like we saw with Dallas with Kyrie and Luca. Like, yeah. Your two best players shouldn't just take turns going off. Like they could play together sometimes. This has been CJ's problem his whole career. Yeah. It made it and seem it's... like it was, oh, Dame can't play with another guard. Or maybe CJ can't play with another guard. Maybe that yeah. was and, the issue. And he's got to find a way to, like, contribute when the other star player is eating. Yeah, he does. Because Ingram kind of – Ingram, like, took over at one point. Mm-hmm. And he was just, like – he was a floor spacer. I didn't even know he was out there. Right. That, to me and- – I don't know. I feel like he he could have still found a way to have more impact. He could have. And there are some possessions where CJ would get like a uh, mismatch in the corner, like a deep corner. This was towards the end of the game. And CJ could, you know, he started sizing him up, looked like he wanted to take him. And he's like, oh, wait, I have to run the offense. And then he like would stop and like come back to the top of the key instead of like taking the mismatch that he had. Yeah. Did you notice that a few times? Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, CJ either score or not. Like, it, it disrupted the like the total offense doing that. And then they were running a play that really wasn't good. It was just like some random handoffs. Valanciunas 30 feet from the basket. It was just that I think just needs to change. And it, it doesn't have to be like a great point guard. It just has to be someone that knows how to play point guard where CJ can still play the two. Even Alvarado yeah. being back isn't really – what i'm talking about but it still takes um, the ball out of cj's hands yeah it does it does yeah yeah and plus using taking herb jones or murphy to the bench um like if they were to get a starting point guard then one of them coming off the bench would be fine like it would actually be really nice because a lot of times they both come out at the same time and you you lose both your guys who are like the same player at the same time, you know, it would be better being interchanged, which I think happens when Zion is there. So, um, yeah, man, I, I hope that doesn't the Zion thing doesn't consume their entire offseason, even though it probably will. Yeah, uh, but waiting, I would like waiting, I would waiting. love to see I would love to see this team make like small, you know, free agent pickups to just help the depth. Yeah, man. Hey. John Wall is available. I mean, he's out there somewhere, chilling. Yeah, chilling at home. Keep chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will. Uh, all right. Uh, last game: uh, Chicago and Toronto. Um, I would say this was for me at least. This was the game I was looking most forward to in this in the playing tournament. Uh. Chicago is a team that is really exciting that I've liked all season. I've always wanted better for, they have a fantastic roster. 
Um, and Toronto is a team that has been scrappy all season, winning big games. Um, they've made a lot of really good moves throughout the season. Um, last few seasons, they've had really good trade moves. Um, but this game, hey, just I guess it came down to the star power that uh, Chicago had. Um, yeah, Toronto was up by 19 at one point, and Zach Levine had 30 points in the second half. Uh, talk to me. What'd you think? I mean, Levine, yeah, Levine went crazy. And credit to Caruso, because like initially Levine started going crazy, and it didn't really matter because Toronto was scoring right back. Yeah. But Caruso was the guy who, while Levine was heating up, he made a mm-hmm. like a deflection here, a forced turnover there, and would yep. it kind of coincided with Levine heating up. And they both kind of had a moment where they were just like, yo, like, let's go look it over to the bench, trying to hype them up. Mm-hmm. And you could feel the second half, the momentum was just like Chicago was slowly building and building and building. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, DeRozan's playing with more confidence. Uh, Vucevic is, is catching the, the pop out and not actually not shooting the ball, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to get it back to the hot hand. Patrick Williams yep. not settling, actually being aggressive. Like, I, I didn't even think that was possible. Right. So the Bulls clicked, like, in, in a way I really didn't expect in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Toronto, you know, they weren't ready for that because their offense sucks. Their offense sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Bulls... I, I don't know. I guess I don't really know what else to say about it. I think that their guys just looked really good. Um, second half, everyone stepped up. Kobe White played really good in the second half, too, even though he didn't score that much. He was he played really good defense. He found guys really well um, yeah. from that point spot. And they didn't even really use a lot of the guys that they had. I thought Drummond could have got a few more minutes. I thought uh, Desumu could have got a few more minutes. But it looks good, man. Patrick Beverly hit the biggest shot of the game, he played good all game as far as defense goes, at least not really on offense, but he was out there making an impact. They, Everyone made an impact in this game for the Bulls. I think that yeah. helps. And Toronto, a lot of times, have guys who just are out there that don't really – that you think probably should make an impact but don't. Like Boucher should should be making an impact every game, and he doesn't. And like some games, he looks like, wow, is he the future of the NBA? And then the next game is like, why do they have him again? You know, this is one of those why do they have him again games. Um, Precious Achua, who I love, he came out there and did a little something, but seemed like it was a little bit, a little too little too late. And then Will Barton, they got for nothing. Like he came out there just to like get a foul and like left, left out the game. So. Yeah, uh, shout out to Gary Trent because he just looks awesome with them. I'm not even sure why. He fits them really well. Yeah, yeah he's just like a, a he's like a score shooter that they mm-hmm. need more of. Yeah, he didn't shoot uh, well in this game, but yeah, 
but I like the shots he was getting either either way. And you know what it He's is this game spreader. I'm watching this game and it's dude Van Fleet and Siakam. Mm-hmm. Like we know they're not a, a, an elite duo or like as far as uh, around the league. Mm-hmm. My problem is they've been on this team for a long time. They're obviously the two like go-to guys on the team. Yeah. And they they just do random shit. Mhm. Like there's no you know what I mean like with the Lakers you see like they they make an effort to get AD inside. They make yeah. an effort to make sure LeBron is playing the point. Like even Chicago they're they're getting Levine slashing they're getting Levine on the switches so he can attack guys who can't check him. They're doing yeah. the same thing with the other guards. They're doing that with Vucevic a few times. Mm-hmm. Like Toronto just gets shots. Yeah, they they lack structure when it comes to that for sure. And it's like Van Fleet, like dude, I I would like to see you attack bigs, but you keep right. trying to mix like the best defenders on the other team. He does. And then, like, once he gets into the paint, there's all the bigs, and he takes, like, a really wild layup all the time. Sometimes yeah, he makes I, it, but... And he's, again, he's talented enough to be, like, the best guard on the team. Yeah. But the decision-making, like, I just, I keep looking at it, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And with, I mean, the worst thing that happened to Toronto was Siakam was hot from the perimeter in the first half. Yeah, he was hitting his jumper. He was. Because he played like fucking John Collins in the second half, just spacing the floor. I'm like, dude, this is the last thing I want to see you doing is spacing the floor. Mm-hmm. He, like, why do you keep catching the ball in the corner for a shot? Right. And, and that, to me, was re- really what killed the second half was Chicago is getting shots they should be getting, like shots they're trying to get. Yeah. Versus Toronto just taking whatever's available. Yeah, I, I thought OG shot a lot of threes that he didn't need to take. Like, just because you're open, OG doesn't mean you just jack yes. all of them. Like, he, seven threes. He took the second most threes on the team. And he's probably the second worst shooter on the team. Like, I, I thought that was, I'm just adding to your point. That was one thing for me. Um, you know, uh, Turtle, they really didn't get involved at all, which I thought this was a good game for him to be involved. Exactly. Yeah. I think he Every got other just game, I'm like, yo, stop. Yeah. Like, this, the whole time since the deadline, I'm like, yo, why do y'all keep feeding Pirtle like he's like he's Jokic out there? And, but it yeah. worked. Like, it, it made Siakam be more of an inside player. It made Van Fleet move without the ball. Yeah. Like, just playing through Siakam, this is like the second or third year you are doing that, and it looks ugly. hmm So I hope Toronto, like, takes this as a wake-up call that they're not cl- as close as they think they are. And, you know, this is tough because they're looking at maybe losing their coach. Um, you know, their coach going to a different situation. Um and, you know, I mentioned a little while ago, they lack structure just like overall, too, as far as who 
goes in there who plays. Like, who starts the shooting guard for Toronto right now? Like, Barnes slash Ananobi. Yeah, and, and neither of them are shooting guards. No. I, I know I know the game is positionless now. I get it. But Chicago starts four shooting guards. So how, how are you going to go in your game and not have any shooting guards and the other yeah. team have four of them out there? It's just yeah. like just – and they're all like legit shooting guards. So I thought that was kind of a weird, weird matchup thing. Let's go big when – we have Gary Trent and Will Barton. Will Barton, who we're not even going to play, that play these positions that can score, but we're going to just go into like a long defensive thing, but then we can't score. So that, I thought that was kind of a weird um, decision. I don't know if that was like nurse or just how the rotation goes, but because I don't I haven't seen Toronto play that much. So that's why I think they made a mistake. Like they've they've tried to establish their own identity, mm-hmm. and and it's. To your point, there's not enough structure. Like even, okay, you could be a defensive team, but they don't do that consistently. You know, they. I told you, I told you in one of the games, they kind of the stats kind of exposed them. Uh, yeah. They're the best team as far as tur- getting turnovers. What does that mean? That means they're fucking reaching, especially because they're bottom tier in all the other defensive categories. Like that means right. you're just gambling. Yeah. So to me, you know. To your point, if you're going to start like three wings in a center, how do you not eat on the glass? Right. Like Chicago is soft. They, they're they a jump shooting team. I talk about it all the time. And you let Chicago pretty much match you as far as paint production. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me, I it was bizarre that Toronto seemingly played Chicago's game. Yeah. And that's not yeah. a recipe for success for them to try to emulate other teams' play styles. Yeah, and the guys that really shouldn't have eaten, you know, had pretty good games. Like, you know, Patrick Williams had a good game, and Toronto is, like, built for him to not have a good game. Yeah. And somehow he had a good game. Caruso played well, and, you know, he's not someone that really should play well against Toronto either. But Yeah. Yeah, well... One more game for Chicago. Um, Toronto, you guys have a really big offseason. Um, see what happens with them. Who do you think is going to take the eight seeds? Uh, did you want to pick? Yeah, we can pick. So Chicago or Miami. Chicago, Miami, and OKC, Minnesota. Um, I'm going to stick with Chicago in, in that one. And then I'm going to go with. I think I'm going to go with Minnesota in the other game. I think Chicago and uh, OKC is going to. You think OKC takes Minnesota? And and I think, like, Chicago is getting four-zipped probably. Uh, <laughs> but the, the OKC, I'm very excited to see play against Denver. I think both those teams can win against Denver. And I don't think they can beat, like, you know. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna like go to Game Seven or I, win the series. But I think they both can really challenge Denver. Yeah, it, it, I think it'll be much tougher for Minnesota, especially missing guys. Uh, but like it, like OKC plays exactly how Denver doesn't want to play. Mm-hmm. Just like full throttle, up and down, 
uh yep. we'll attack we attack all your guards like you know so yeah. i think that's gonna be a fun series if it happens i the only thing tough is i know this sounds crazy but if you're if your best player is a guard and he goes at jamal murray it's gonna be a long night because if you get jamal murray playing one-on-one in the game he doesn't lose a lot of those games like, like I don't Jamal know though. Pretend like he'll pretend like no one else is out there. Just say, like, "All right, I got he this." Will. Like this is what we're doing. All right, bet. And then you know he doesn't lose a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give SGA credit though. He's he's been torching guys this year. So yes, uh, that's yes. again like I, I I still Denver's obviously the favorite regardless of, yeah, of who yeah, wins. Yeah. But yeah, I just think like OKC has more ways that they could challenge Denver. Yeah, I think I think they they have a lot of firepower. I think the depth would be the only issue in that game for OKC. That their I guys do, come think. in with energy, but um, they're just not not as good as the. Denver I do think guys. Uh, Gordon Aaron Gordon is going to make Giddy's life hell for that whole series. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, Bruce that, Brown. That'll most make likely somebody... be the matchup. Oh yeah. Bruce Brown's going to give somebody a hard time, too. Uh, yeah. it, it probably would be Giddy, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I think that is the more interesting. I will say I think OKC is the more interesting series with Denver. But, um, yeah, that's this, that's that's kind of how I'm picking it because I don't trust Minnesota whatsoever. Uh, but I do think they're capable of winning the game and, and going to the playoffs. Yeah, they they will have Gobert back. I think he was only suspended for that one game, which is kind of crazy. It means nothing. Yeah, but you know, I mean, they were they were like eight better. and four without him on the year, so they were pretty solid without him. Yeah, I mean, a team that struggled to maintain five hundred was somehow eight and four without him. Yeah, and listen, that doesn't surprise me. But just have another body, even just even if he yeah. gets five rebounds, it's, it's better than no, not OKC is anything. a little bit, they're a little small. Yeah, for them to be small and having Gobert is is an advantage, even if he does nothing. But it, it's weird though, like see. OKC kind of seems small only because their front court isn't gigantic. Mm-hmm. But SGA and, and Giddy are both like big guards. Yeah, they're that's a big backcourt. Because yeah. really, neither one of them should be playing point guard, and they both do, which no. is, yeah. I mean, I'm well saying size-wise. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks beautiful. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited um, for OKC, man. I want to see more of them. Yeah, me too. That I think, I mean, both these games are going to be really good, but I'm really intrigued by that game. I, when, I picked Minnesota because I just don't know. I don't think Edwards has another bad game like that. Um, I think those guys were hungry going into the Lakers game, and you know, they, know, even though they blew it, I don't think they. I'd be surprised if they uh, don't come out here and really uh, do it. I, I know Lou Dort is going to want that smoke. <laughs> he will. So mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards better be ready. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the. Um, teams that have already, you know, 
punch we their can talk about to both playoffs. both of the uh, two seven matchups first since we kind of covered the the seven team a little bit. Yeah, so Lakers and Grizzlies, right? Lakers Grizzlies. The basketball gods have blessed us. Yes. Oh, My favorite I, matchup you, in all gods. of basketball. Favorite matchup in all of basketball is AD versus Jaron Jackson Jr. We will get that for at least four games. Um, I think that some people are a little bit uh, making a bigger deal of the Grizzlies injuries than I think needs to be. I think, you know, Adams missed pretty much all of the season. Oh, yeah. So I don't think like him not being there is a big deal. Clark hurts because Clark was like really good off the bench. He's probably one of the better big backup bigs in the league. But it's not like they not like he averaged twenty points a game off the bench. He right. was just like, oh, maybe he'll have four points. It tonight. was uh, ma- it was more so rebounds. like I never thought he was good, but he fit really well with the Memphis guys. Mm-hmm. Especially like he was one of those. Um, you know, Tristan Thompson was this for a while. He really just played well off LeBron. Yeah, like, like Haslam Clark too, to kind of. Yeah, Haslam with D Wade for a while, but Clark mm-hmm. to me used to feast off of how everyone would just be staring at John Morant. Clark found really good spots. He, yeah. he knew he knew how to move off the ball really well, and he's he's such a good rebounder. Like he he had a really good nose for the ball, so he was where he was supposed to be for rebounds a lot, a lot of tap dunks, a lot of taps, and you know that's not like something so invaluable that like. Tillman has already shown he can do that. And yeah. a little bit he's been playing. And it got some of the guys that come off the bench that um can do it. But um Jackson versus AD is is the matchup that I can't wait for in this whole playoffs. Probably my favorite matchup in the whole playoffs. Yeah, man. I, I'm very curious about LeBron. Because yeah. the now, like, first of all, the whole for like not playing defense thing i could i could allow it because you know he he had the foot problem right after all-star break he had an injury before that i think with the same ankle uh, the same leg and he's obviously he's 39 he's played forever you know you're trying to make it through the season but this is what was surprising about this play-in game like okay you're not playing back-to-backs anymore you're like your schedule's Mm -hmm. fine now there's yeah. no need to like conserve energy on one end so I could dominate on the other. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you now, if LeBron thinks he could find a weak link in Memphis's starting lineup, mm-hmm. they're losing the series. Yeah, because it really isn't one. There's not you gotta and, check Dane, you gotta check Brooks the whole game. And and Memphis has shown like if you come out and allow us to shoot you out the gym, we'll we'll gladly do that. We'll do it. Yeah. Like they're a team who collectively they have these offensive explosions where you're looking at them like, is this like is this one of the best scoring teams? Is this Sacramento I'm watching? Right. And and you that like that firepower, this is the second year in a row that not only have they shown that firepower with John Morant and with with uh Jaron Jackson, they've mm-hmm. shown it without those guys. Maybe even better without them, to be honest. Which to me like validates like it's clearly not a fluke 
that they could get off as a team. Right. Yeah. So he, to, he, to me, LeBron's got to be engaged defensively. I would assume LeBron checks that fifth starter who's starting in Adam's spot because AD obviously has to be on Jaron Jackson. Vanderbilt will probably guard a Bain or a Brooks. Um, and they'll probably do it like that where LeBron still can kind of guard the token. Uh, but it, it is going to be tough. LeBron getting 45 minutes is just not something they should do again in, in this series unless it's like yes. really a close game. They need to use their bench in this series. Beasley, um, um, what's my man's my man from uh, Miami? Um, well, I can't remember his name right now. But they they really need to go down the bench in, in this series, or else they're gonna have a hard time against the Grizzlies because they're young, they're energetic. Those guys are like all like Iron Men when it comes to how much many minutes they can play. Exactly. Like they the Grizzlies starting five honestly never has to come out of the game, and they never look like they're like without energy. Yeah, and the Lakers are the complete opposite of that. Everyone on their starting five, other than Vanderbilt, everybody on their starting five looks like they need a rest. They you need know, a blow every here, here and there. Now that I think about it, uh, Vanderbilt might start off on Ja. To be honest, possible because that's really the the biggest matchup question for them is Ja Morant. If they could find a way to. Like I really can't picture deloading doing anything about that. Yeah, the thing is, if he doesn't guard Jaw, though, there's no one for him to guard because um, Bane and Brooks are just way too strong. Like Brooks will post; he's done this before. He'll just post um, D'Angelo up and just back yeah. him down into the paint. And Jaron Jackson, you have to guard his three point now. It, It'll be interesting, but I do think that's possible. I do think Vanderbilt could. And Lonnie Walker is who I was thinking of. Lonnie Walker has to get minutes in this. I see why they got Tristan Thompson. Reeves is gonna have to get gonna have to get going. Rui's gonna have to get going. They're gonna have to go nine deep against Memphis. Yeah. I know I get the playoffs, you only play seven guys, you only play, you know, eight max, but this is an older team in the Lakers and a young super young energetic team in memphis that you know you got to do what you got to do yeah i mean but it's funny because at the end of the day like the lakers really come down to anthony davis they do uh if he's he's been an inside just monster Mm -hmm. uh if if he gives them four to five games of inside monster I, i would say the lakers are in good shape to win the series right I agree. Uh, but I, I really can't picture anybody winning this series in under six games. I I would agree with that as well. Yeah, uh, I think I it's going to take six. Memphis is too uh, dynamic offensively, and the Lakers are too dynamic defensively to like to not blow each other out at least once. Yeah, I I agree, and you know I think uh, the AD point. It comes so for Memphis, it comes down to how well Jaron Jackson plays defense on AD and whether he gives it back to AD. Because last few times they've met, AD's gotten in foul trouble because of Jaron Jackson. Yeah. Jaron Jackson's been dunking over his head, all that other stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes. 
it's huge for Jaron to stay out of foul trouble too, because if he can't match AD's minutes, you know, mm-hmm. AD's out there with essentially nobody that can stop him checking him. Yeah. So uh, he's really got to be careful hacking. Yeah, Kenneth Lofton Jr. is not going to get it done against AD. Neither is uh, great pick pickup by the way. The big man that you said before, I always forget his name. Uh, Tillman. Oh, uh, Tillman. Yeah. Yeah. He's also played well though, so he he might surprise the Lakers a little bit. Uh, like if LeBron if if he starts and LeBron tries to check him, mm-hmm. he might need to lock in earlier than he thought. He's strong, man. Those Michigan State boys, I don't know what Izzo facts, be feeding those guys, facts. but they are strong when they come in the league every time. So yeah. it, it's yeah. also funny. Memphis's bench is such a wild card. Like yeah, I mean they got Kennard coming in there. Yeah, yeah. Got, I feel really like Tyus Jones has been great. Yeah, but I I don't know how they're gonna cook you, but I know they're liable to cook you with their bench too. Like I, it could come from fucking Conchar, uh, out of yeah. all people. You know what I mean? Like they're that Dante they just, Aldama, another yeah, guy. It, it'll they move the ball very well for a team that feeds John Morant a bit excessively at times. Yeah, uh, but their shot distribution is is often very good. The John Morant attacking literally every possession thing is not going to work against the Lakers. Not at all. I, not at I, all. That's been my biggest issue with him all season. That's why I was on the. I don't know if John necessarily makes him better um, train, and that it's only because when he does that, everyone is completely out of the game and just waiting for what he does. You can't do that against the Lakers. It's going to yeah, be and, a disaster. And my biggest fear is that'll be the default strategy down the stretch of a close game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to your point, I mean, that's attacking the trees. This is the other than Milwaukee. This is probably the second worst team to do that against. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So who you got, though? Who you, Who do you have? I think Memphis in seven. Memphis in seven. I think the firepower. I think Bain. I think Bain is better than people think. Uh, obviously, Morant and Jaron Jackson are going to kind of match what LeBron and AD do. Uh, yeah. I think Dylan Brooks is going to have a couple wild games. Mm-hmm. And Memphis's like core has just knows each other better. Yeah. Like, like, yes, the Lakers' depth looks incredible, and their peak is they're walking through the conference and probably beating whoever out of the East. But yeah. do, the chances of them actually reaching that peak are, like, astronomical. Yeah. I agree with you, but I got to go Lakers in six. I, I'm not going to bet against LeBron. I understand why. Well, for me, I understand. I would want the Lakers to win because yeah. I I need that Lakers Warriors matchup. I want the Memphis Warriors matchup. I feel the opposite. That's true. Oh, interesting. I mean, either way, it's a great, <laughs> great second round. But because <laughs> I, I want, I love the Warriors Memphis rivalry. Yeah, I love it. I, I want, I want more. I want as much of it as I can take. But yeah. LeBron, man, it, I 
as a great player, I just can't think about LeBron. I can't imagine LeBron getting first round outed. I think LeBron is going to go nuts in at least three of these games. And when I mean nuts, I mean like 45, high, you know, 39. I think that's what I'm worried about with with Memphis is they're very confident in in their like roster. Yeah. Like, like, yo, Dylan Brooks is liable to get torched. I know he's a good, he's a great defender, but he like Mm -hmm. LeBron makes strong guys look weak all the time. Yeah. He, Brooks is going to be bouncing off of him. Bane's going to be bouncing yeah, off of him. Yeah, like I'm going he, to the basket. It, yeah. I, I know it's a reach, but if you can, I would love for Memphis to find a way to put Jaron Jackson on LeBron a little bit. Uh, uh, hopefully, it it's, you know, I mean, Jaron no Jackson's going to have to be a defensive MVP for sure for them to yeah. slow down uh, LeBron and AD. It sucks that they already voted because this would be the is he defensive player of the year or not? Series. 100%. Like, I would definitely completely frame it off of this one, this series, and I don't know who else is up for it, Bridges, or I don't, I don't know who else is up for it, but whoever else they had up for it, Brooke whatever Lopez. series they're in, yeah, Brooke Lopez versus Vucevic or whoever, or Bam, whoever they end up playing, Yeah, and then what Jaron Jackson does on this series would be who I decide, but I know they already voted, but this is, he is going to have to be defensive player of the year in this. You gotta, you gotta be careful. Like in theory, I like it because I do want to see a little bit of the playoffs to validate guys. Yeah. But like, I I go back to this moment every time. I mean, Joakim Noah was like top five in MVP. Yeah. Uh, I think the year he won defensive player of the year, Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happened? He got torched in the playoffs by fucking Nene. Wizards Nene. <laughs> that wasn't even the best Nene. <laughs> Not at all. It's like bottom five. Nene, Nene was like just dragging out his career playing for us. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, and he like it was it was insane because Nene hadn't played anywhere near that good for the wizards before that or after that but that series he was just destroying joakim noah and it pissed me off because i love like everything about joakim noah back then i loved yeah Yeah. and he just completely obliterated it it made me look like damn maybe that defensive player of the year was a little premature (laughs) hey and i know he deserved it he deserved it that year he did. He definitely did. And but, and that's the thing. It it just looks so bad when they do get it and then get exposed. Like if Anthony yeah. and the thing is getting torched by Anthony Davis is obviously not anything to be like ashamed of. Of course. He should torch everybody. But like this is the one where it really builds his resume. But yeah, it can't be as easy as he torches cat. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I I do think that's um that is the matchup to watch in this series, of course, and see what LeBron does. But I do have the Lakers. I, I just I think this is one of those games where LeBron has to. I mean, one of those series where LeBron has to really show his greatness and him not willing to, you know, lose in this one against the Warriors is different. He has no option. Like there's no choice. What LeBron does doesn't affect that series as much as it does in this series. 
So, yeah. I mean, it, it, and not just Warriors. If it was someone else. I'm saying someone better than Memphis. Um. Okay. So we got the Hawks and the Celtics. <laughs> I want to. I want to give the Hawks more credit in this, but my basketball brain is not going to let it happen. I say four one Boston. I think four zero. Oh, it, so it is zero. Yeah, I I mean Atlanta could win a game, but. I think it's going to be similar to Miami. I think Boston Boston is just too dominant defensively for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And what I, I could already visualize, it's going to be more jumpers, more jumpers, jumper. Everyone just shooting, no layups. And for you're not Atlanta? beating Boston. Yeah, and you're not beating Boston just shooting the ball. Yeah, I, I will say I think Atlanta defensively will impress people in this series. I think the I think they may show that their defense is better than what a lot of people think it is, but it won't be enough to like win a lot of games. Boston, I think they make it really tough on Boston. The problem is Boston because, like, I I don't think does anybody actually strap Boston to you. It's more it's um, kind of like the Warriors where it's more so Boston just doing completely idiotic things to make themselves look worse. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know if anyone straps Boston, yeah. I think I would agree with that. I think the only thing I see, and I know this is like, it sounds silly, but it's when the other guards are like other good scorers that Boston looks worse on offense. Like, I, I don't know if it's like a, like them coming back at someone like that, like when they play Chicago, Boston's offense looks terrible. And it's only because, yeah, their best two players play the same position as Boston's best two players. And it's like DeRozan gets a tough bucket. And then Jalen Brown comes and like tries to get the same bucket. And like DeRozan completely stops them from getting that kind of shot. And, and to your point, it's not a, them strapping them, but it's like a, it's like a matchup thing that I think Boston usually has a hard time with. But you're right; they don't. No one straps them ever, and it is just them. Like you know, it is them taking bad shots. I, dude, I think I think Boston's been waiting for the playoffs for like two months. Yeah. Like I, I really don't think they cared whether they caught uh, Milwaukee. Once they kind of cleaned up that stretch they had, where they were blowing leads and not really playing any defense. Losing uh, to like non playoff teams, right? Right, once yeah. they clean that up, like I think they've been in coast mode. I agree, and I, I agree think they're that. gonna just obliterate Atlanta. Beyond that, I will see you know, we'll who faces them, but Atlanta's in for a, a tough one, yeah. They're gonna have a, a long series. I, like I said, I do think they'll their defenses will surprise people but like i said they won't strap them they it won't be enough to be like oh you know we got them on lock but to me to i do me, think murray surprise people for if i had to like reach for a way to atlanta have a chance murray's mm-hmm. got to be the best player in the series yeah on both if, ends if, he's, if he could be the best player for like to five games then then mm-hmm. i think atlanta could have a legitimate chance 
I agree. I agree with that. It's possible. Atlanta shoots well enough. They have enough firepower. They have enough yeah. inside presence. But, you know, Boston's just really, really good. So, yeah. And, and Murray's got a – like, sometimes the team is shooting well and he'll shoot well. And I would like mm-hmm. for him to, like – I don't need to take, like, perimeter shots as much when the team is shooting well. Yeah, go ahead and get 15, 16 assists like you're right, capable of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't get enough assists for me. I, I know that Trey is out there, so, you know, he has to score as well. But, like, the, uh, there's no reason why he's not still, like, a really high assist guy like he was. And yeah. um, they'll need that in this in this game for sure. I mean, in this series for sure. Okay. Uh, who we're, Let's go back to the West and let's go Kings Warriors. Um. You got the Warriors, I assume. No. You have the I Kings don't. winning this? Yes. I and I'm I hope I'm wrong. I hope okay. I'm wrong. My heart, my heart is telling me that the experience, the the veteran leadership. Um Wiggins is back, by the way. I know. Okay. Uh, Just making sure you know. <laughs> but the Warriors, Just man. Checking. The Warriors have not looked good to me this year. And again, they haven't. I'll I'll completely be fine being wrong and doubting them. I've I've done it several other times and they've proven me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like the the other times to me, I see the championship defense. In the past, yeah. I've like when they've been real contenders, I've always seen, even with Durant, there were times when like they, they would get go on these defensive stretches where I'm like, yo, everyone is bigger than they seem. They're rotating great. Like it's leading to them playing better offensively. They are such, yeah. they're so in sync. Even Steph is getting stops and, and holding his own against guys. Mm-hmm. This year, they've been horrible defensively. They have. Like, they've been awful, and they allow layups. Uh, like, they, they don't offer interior resistance at all. Mm-hmm. So, to me... Like this is the worst matchup. They, a lot of people are thinking that for Sacramento, that Sacramento's no playoff experience. Like the Warriors are the worst, you know, opponent they could have got. But you think yeah. about it; they've been they've had insane firepower all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fox and Sabonis are going to attack relentlessly, even if they don't play well. Mm-hmm. And, and Sacramento has a much better uh, supporting cast than the Warriors do. That's a fact, yeah. So the margin for error for Steph to not have a turnover-prone performances or poor shooting nights, for Clay and Poole not to just jack, like yeah. the margin for error is much smaller. And the Kings shoot better than I think most people give them credit for. Right. And mm-hmm. and I know Wiggins is back, but like I, I can't be confident in his offense the first half the series. Yeah, well, luckily this of all the matchups they could have had, this is like the one they need Wiggins the least, I think. I mean to they, they win, need yeah. Wiggins to yeah, win, yeah. yeah. They need Wiggins either way, but like Wiggins doesn't have that matchup he has to have in this. It's not like it's yes. 
you know, had they played the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Grizzlies, they would have needed Wiggins. But this is like the one is like, yeah, Wiggins is good to have him to score, but like defensively, you know, yeah, t- they, they didn't need him that much. I just I, I feel like everything in my brain, my basketball brain, Fox is going to give Steph hell the whole series. Yeah. Like, even if Steph defends him well, think about how hard he'll have to work to keep up with him. Right. And then, okay, oh, you know, the typical thing they'll probably do is put clay on him. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, Huerta is just as aggressive as those guys. And then you got Malik Monk to come in after that. And when he comes in, he's the number one option. Yeah. So I just, I don't think the Warriors match up well with the Kings at all. I like I like their matchup with them, but I understand all your points for sure. I do. I think I man don't for man, think like... though, it, it is a cool matchup. Monk versus Poole, um, Draymond and Sabonis, uh, Steph and Fox, Herder and uh, Thompson. You know, I I like how that looks. Barnes and Wiggins, like Wiggins, is basically the new Barnes for them anyway. So and bro, and I and like how that the, looks. The nail in the coffin, because you know, sometimes stats don't lie. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. But the Warriors road record this year is not a fluke. No, this is really bad. It's it's really disturbing. And yeah. and they're going to to play Sacramento, who mm-hmm. hasn't been in the playoffs in 20 years. Bro, the they're for the first time in Steph, Clay, and Dre's career, their road games will actually be louder than Oracle Arena. Yeah. Like Sacramento's gonna go insane. Yeah. I mean, the ticket uh, the ticket prices are already out of control, and they're still getting sold out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, to me, based on everything we've seen this year from both of these teams, like, I just can't pick the Warriors. That's fair. And and the fact that, like, Wiggins, if Wiggins came back, like, a week before and played, he really hasn't touched the core, like, as far as playing. I really don't know why he didn't play last Friday. Right in the last game of the season, there was like no reason for him not to play in that game. Right. Um, bro, his first I'm, I'm game is going to be in Sacramento. Yeah. Oh my God, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna airball a shot, and it like you're gonna be deaf because they're gonna be cheering so loud. Yeah, but you know, keep in mind Sacramento is only like an hour. You're right. It is. Look, the the cheering will be a bit mixed. Yeah, the cheering. I'm I'm exaggerating the impact. It will be mixed, especially as the series goes on. I'm sure it'll get crazy, but yeah, I just I I think the Kings are a lot deeper than people think. Their firepower is not like they're not this team that I think will just collapse in the playoffs and not be able to score. You know, maybe if they played the Lakers. I think the Lakers would have been a horrible matchup for them. I agree. How how many games? Seven. The, this okay. series to me, whoever wins, you gotta is at least going to seven. seven. You got at least going seven. Okay. Oh yeah, this I really doubt. It, it, this is another series that I think is minimum six games. I got Warriors and six. 
So I, I, which means that I think Kings definitely could take it to seven. That's but, uh, Sacramento. That last game, Sacramento's going to turn out, and it's actually going to be Sacramento fans. Oh, hey, man, the Warriors, that Warriors <laughs> nation is crazy. Yeah, you're right. It's you're all, right. Think about it. Only an hour and a half. That's not bad. That's really like, close. That's a really easy <laughs> drive for a playoff game. Yeah, and the Warriors, man, think about it, especially if the tickets are cheaper. Like, why would I go to the home games? The Warriors tickets are outrageous always. So I'm like, yeah, well, I'll take the cheap ticket and just drive an hour and a half and go to the Kings game if I'm a Warriors fan. But I do think I do think this will be a lot of pressure on Steph to play well. Like th- this is a, a series where I think Steph is going to need to play well, and they're going to need like specifically depend on him to play well. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think Steph and Poole both will really have to be like the they'll have to lead the team in scoring like those they got two and they night. gotta be clean with the ball. Yeah, they, they like will. you you can't get up and down with Sacramento more than you already will. Right. Because Sacramento, I mean they they're fast breaks. Like you might as well just put two points in in the like yeah. put two points up on the fast break because Fox and Monk are just yeah. showtime automatic buckets. And and, and like I, I even feel bad for Draymond because like not, his antics are not going to have an impact on Sabonis. No, know. you know, like Sabonis is going to be who he is regardless of if Draymond is is cl- crying to the refs, if he's playing like the greatest defensive player of all time, if he's kicking people in the groin, like any strategy Draymond has, Sabonis will still bump him with the right, try to get to the left hand. Hand off to guys going directly downhill. Like, uh, I, I just really think the Warriors are not in a good matchup. Speaking of kicking people in the groin, you think Del Vadova gets in in the series at all? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I will say the Kings people don't know how well the Kings shoot because Bird is a really good shooter. He missed some games, but he's shot fantastic this year. Monk is a fantastic shooter. Obviously, he's a little streaky, but when he gets hot, he gets scorching hot. Barnes is a consistent shooter. And then you have um, Murray. Uh, I don't remember the first name right now. Oh, Keegan. Keegan. You have Keegan Murray, who's just set a record for rookie threes. Yeah. So, like, these guys hit a lot of shots. So for people who think the Warriors are just going to, like, just because they're the better shooting team, yeah, they have the Splash Brothers, but when it comes to the amount of guys who can hit threes, I think the Kings may, you know, have them beat in that department. Yeah. They have the pool party, too, not not just the Splash Brothers. They got all three of them that can shoot, but Kings got a lot of shooters. And, I mean, they got guys who really aren't even, like, good players that, to shoot yeah. too on the Kings, but I mean Warriors, uh, and it's great for them that like Kuminga played in the second half of the year and, and gave him great minutes and like played got really better, well. got more, yeah. more confident because this isn't a t- like you're not winning this series playing seven eight guys. No, yeah, you, you got to get some of those guys and Moody and Kuminga definitely have to be ready. Yeah, to get some minutes. Yeah, didn't Divincenzo play for Sacramento? For a, a yeah, fun, he did tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think you know 
these are the kind of games series where like Trey Lyles randomly has like a fantastic like like he yeah. randomly comes in and plays great, like super big time minutes and like hits big shots. Yeah. I, I just think Sacramento is more dangerous than people give him credit for. They absolutely are. Absolutely are. Yeah. But I got Warriors and stuff. You got Sacramento on seven. I and I understand Sacramento on seven too, definitely. Um. Okay. Moving on. Who's next? Who's next? Let's go to the East. We could talk Saint, three six. Uh, stay three, with six. the three six. Philly and Brooklyn. I four, think one. four one. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I think this series is better than people think it is. A lot of people have told me that. I've had people, I've had people honestly tell me uh, that Brooklyn could upset them. I think Brooklyn could upset them. I don't you have actually. Them. You were the first one to tell me that, and then a couple of my coworkers told me that. I was like, "Yo, there's no way!" Like a multiple people think this. I think they can, man. I'm telling you, like. Dude, I've Philly. been as negative on Philly this year as anyone. Yeah. You really think you really think this Brooklyn collection of guys could could beat them in the series? Yeah, I do. Honestly, I do. Yo, Doc, Doc should never <laughs> coach anything again if that happens. I just think I think that. I think when Philly is not playing their best, which is often, most of the time, they lose their balance as far as scoring goes. They lose their balance scoring, and their defense is just atrocious when they're not playing good. And the one thing that Brooklyn has is amazing balance. Like their balance is like their biggest strength. And they have so many defenders that, like, other than Embiid, who no one can guard, right? So it's not like Embiid will probably do whatever he does in any series, like against anybody. And there's no stop at Embiid. But other than that, every other player on Philly is going to be mashed up with someone who can truly defend them. Like they have guys for Tobias' size that can do the 3 4 thing, like Tobias can, which normally he has a mismatch with somebody in the other lineup where it's like, oh, Tobias is a little too quick or he's a little too big. They have guys for that. They have guys for Harden. They have guys for literally every other player on Philly. I think that I, I just – I think it's tough, man. I, I think they'll have a hard time defending the Brooklyn guys. I mean – Listen, roster for roster, like, I'm with you. I think – especially Brooklyn has all these wings that could play both ends and hit shots. Yeah, and uh, a lot of shooters. I think, I think Bridges, this is going to be a coming out, like an official coming out party for him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to establish himself as like a premier wing, as a potentially like one of the better wings in the league kind of player. Yeah. And he's already starting that, but it's, it's like inconsistent and, you're not really sure how will he be able to train, like continue to do it in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. But dude, you, you, you said they could guard everyone except Joel Embiid. 
Yeah, but that's in that's in any series, any matchup. But but, but that's that. my problem. Like, not only not only is Embiid gonna annihilate them, it's not gonna be that difficult for him. Which means yeah. he's dominating on the on he's dominating defensively too. Which means the balance. It's all this. We're we're getting back to the jumpers. Which which means to mm-hmm. me, Brooklyn. Like I think Brooklyn is a very good bet to beat them in Game One, mm-hmm. especially for that reason where they'll just they're liable to just shoot them out out of the gym. Mm-hmm. But that's not sustainable at all. Versus Philly, who gets to run their favorite play this whole series. Everybody oh. stand around and beat. Get on the fucking block. We'll feed you the ball. You go to work. Forget yeah. the spacing. Forget the b- balance. That's for contenders. We don't do balance. We we depend on our MVP. Our MVP puts the the gigantic backpack on, and he carries mm-hmm. us to round two every year. Yeah, he does, bro. He, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's the same blueprint it's been the last two years. Embiid annihilates Brooklyn in round one and then gets some nagging injury in round two because he was playing 49 minutes a night in the previous series. And I know there's 48 minutes in a game. It's because Doc has no comprehension of, like, of rest, of minute balance, of actually, like, managing people's minutes because he doesn't do it for the most important player on the team. I'll say this. I have... Philly in six, and I, I'm I being safe by Philly saying six. six. But um, I think that the games Philly wins will be almost like the Boston and Brooklyn games, like last year. Like every game comes down to like the last two minutes of the game. Like e- even the Philly games that they win, I don't think they get any blowouts. If someone blows somebody out, it'll be Brooklyn blowing Philly out. I don't think Philly will blow Brooklyn out in any yeah. of these games. I don't think Brooklyn is as built to take advantage of uh, Philly's deficiencies. They may not be because but... they don't have a like a good point guard, so you can't even trust them getting good shots. They don't have any point guard. Let's be clear. Dude, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie is liable to get sixteen assists one game and zero with five turnovers the next game. Yeah. Dinwiddie is liable to let Maxi have another like 45 point coming out party where everybody was looking at Maxi last year like holy shit he's he he might be really their second best player. If Dinwiddie guards Maxi, but yeah. They, don't don't forget they have Bridges, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney-Smith who are all like defensive minded guys. Don't get me I wrong, know. Royce O'Neal is not that great of a defender in real life. But you know he's, he's a defensive-minded guy. Yeah, he is. I just none of those guys could could hold Embiid, so they still got a double. You can't leave Embiid in single coverage ever, which means mm-hmm. like by default, those guys who are not part of any kind of balance are gonna get some easy shots. It's possible. possible. That's all. That's I- all. Embiid's uh forty twelve and eighteen stat line is gonna require. Oh, so, he probably won't get double digit assists. So I know I know what you're doing here. You're saying that there's no no way Brooklyn should upset them. 
because you know that they shouldn't lose, but if they do, it'll be all it'll be because of Doc, which I agree with you. Like I wholeheartedly agree with you. But because we both know and we both have the opinion of Doc that we do, it is possible. And we both have the opinion of Harden that we do. And I think yours is even lower than mine. Yeah. Harden Harden's gonna have a long series, even if they sweep Brooklyn. Yeah. I but uh, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think even if it was a sweep, it'll be like maybe two overtime games in the sweep. Like I think it'll be a really close sweep, like the <clears throat> Boston and Brooklyn one was. I just I don't really believe in Brooklyn. I I'll take being a hater, but I think they've been mm-hmm. random this this last month. I don't yeah. think they have the firepower that they like they seem to have. Yeah. Uh and I think Embiid is going to shut all that shit down by himself if he has to. I think that would be really fun to watch. He did that to the Raptors last year. I mean, granted he ran out of gas and the Raptors almost came back, which which could very well happen in this series. Yo, if they let if they let Brooklyn start coming back, if Brooklyn gets like a momentum of two back-to-back games, it could get ugly. It could very, very ugly. <laughs> but I, I, I'll say, and I'll be honest, I have Philly in six being safe, but I really think it should be Philly in five. I do think Brick, Brooklyn should win one. They're good enough to win one. But, but this um, is this to me, like obviously, it's Doc's fault if they lose. He's an awful coach. Like you know. That that's yeah. kind of given, but yeah. my my thing is like this is where Embiid is is gonna be held for me to that LeBron Giannis standard. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, maybe when you get to the contenders, when you get to Boston and Milwaukee, you know, you you could lose that and play well, or maybe not play well. Regardless, both of those teams mm-hmm. are great. This yeah. to me. Embiid is probably what the second, third best player in basketball. Yeah, like I don't care that Doc is inept. Doc was inept all year, and you were the third seed. You almost caught Boston for the second. Like, right. there's again, Brooklyn is a, a random collection of guys. If the third best player, if the MVP can't handle that, then then we got to start looking at him a certain way. I'm with you. So to me, until we get to round two, he doesn't get a pass for Doc's inept coaching. I got you. That's fair. That's fair to Doc. All right, but uh, let's move on to let's go back to the West. Mm -hmm. Um, Suns Clippers. How do you feel about this one? Is it wild if I think the Clippers are going to win this series without Paul George? No. It's not wild. I, I think... I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is a good matchup for the Clippers. I agree. Because I think this Phoenix is the best matchup the Clippers very similar got. to them. Yeah, they do. So to me, like, if if the Clippers were going to have a chance to beat anyone in round one... It would have to be a team that plays like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Sacramento would be another one I think would be a great matchup for them. 
but they yeah. need they need like a team that gets up and down that shoots a lot that shoots from the perimeter a lot uh and that like toe to toe really doesn't match up that well with them mhm like i i really don't see is kd going to take the Kawhi assignment i mean i haven't seen okay. kd guard since he since the the brooklyn series that he carried uh, against Milwaukee a couple years back, he definitely hasn't hasn't guarded this series uh, this season. I mean, um, since he got traded to the Suns. To me, to me, you're they're gonna do that thing of the the fourth the fifth starter is gonna check Kawhi, and it mm-hmm. like that's just that's a recipe for Kawhi to be comfortable the whole series to get good shots the whole series, like. Yeah. And the most dangerous thing where other Clippers will create good shots for Kawhi. Mm -hmm. That to me is like, like Phoenix is going to have a a shootout regardless of how well they shoot it. Right. And the Clippers have shown all year that their success stems from being explosive offensively. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been, we talk about it, jump shooting teams all the time. And, you know, whether they're making or hitting shots, the Clippers live and die by the three as much as anyone. Yeah, they do. And they shouldn't, but they do. But that to me, like, is is a recipe for Phoenix to have problems defending them. And I think that's all the Clippers need to have a legitimate chance. Who's been starting in place of Paul George? Al? No. Uh, no, it's Man. not Powell. I know it's not Powell. And it's not Man either. Russ. Eric Gordon. Oh, Eric Gordon. Russ, Eric hmm. Gordon. Who's there? I know uh, Zubach normally starts at the five. Kawhi. Oh, Batum started for them last game. Batum. Batum did. I forgot because he didn't play in the Laker game. Yeah. I is Morris hurt? I think so. Yeah. Um. I agree with everything you said about about all of it. I I think that they're a team that plays. They play a lot like them. I think they're a team that makes like Clippers would have to play a team that makes mistakes also. Phoenix makes mistakes. They pass up a lot of shots. Um, they're gonna make Plumlee look like the best defensive big in the league in this series. Um, the uh, Phoenix is gonna make Plumlee look like a great defensive big because they're just not gonna give eight in the ball. Um, it's gonna be a lot of spreading the floor for uh, L.A. and taking a lot of jump shots. Can't I don't know who I pick in this though. Still, with all that being said, I don't I don't know. I think this is such a toss up to me. Yeah, it, Kawhi hasn't really had like a lot of like the the super efficient games that people act like he has. Um, at he's least had some. He's had a few, but yeah, a few, but not enough for like more more volume than I like from him. Exactly. So that's one thing that worries me. And if it's if it's 
if Clippers go with like an all volume shooting lineup, like they've been starting, this is why I asked about Paul George. Kawhi has been playing volume, which he we know he really isn't. When they use him as like the go to guy, if he's on ball a lot, he ends up like just being a volume shooter by default. Batum, Zubash, eh. Eric Gordon is pure volume. Westbrook is pure volume. Um, how that Westbrook and CP matchup is going to be hilarious. CP is going to strip Westbrook in open court at least three times. How <laughs> probably twice I, a game. I, yeah, probably twice a game. How I don't really know. I think I'll go with Phoenix in this without Paul George. But you, you think? I think Clippers have a chance. I just think that. I think that they're going to out mistake Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I could see that very easily happening, especially. I, I will say, like, I trust Phoenix to play to their strengths more. Mm-hmm. But I think if both teams are playing to their strengths, the Clippers could take them. I agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it. My thing is also, and it, this is a small, and I guess this is kind of a guess. But Kawhi, mm-hmm. in my opinion, over the years, really likes to show people that he's better than the guy people think is better than him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. You notice, like, he's he always got a little extra pep in his step for the LeBron matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. He always goes toe-to-toe with Giannis pretty well. You notice he often has big scoring games against Milwaukee. Doesn't always lead to wins, but he normally scores a lot. Yeah. And 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 to be honest with you, I'm giving Kawhi serious credit. He used to torch uh, Golden State KD. Yeah, he did. He for a couple of uh, San Antonio years he did, and then the one Raptors year he did. Yeah. So to me, like it's been a while since they faced off in a series, but I think Kawhi is going to really like really look to attack that matchup on both ends. Kawhi, unfortunately, though, is one of those guys where, depending on the team, and this is one of this is one of the teams that I'm talking about. If Kawhi beats us, I might be okay with that. Like if it's if Kawhi is taking a lot of shots, I may be okay if no one else is getting a lot of shots because Kawhi is jacking. Even if Kawhi is making them, like if Kawhi gets forty in this, and then. They don't have any other balance. They don't have Powell getting a good 25 or Bones having a good game. Westbrook has eight turnovers like he normally does. If all of that happens and I'm the other team, I may be cool with Kawhi like being super aggressive. Which is because the Clippers are a team that usually needs balance to win because they have like such good depth. Yeah. Um. So if he does that, it's hard to say whether they'll win or not, which I don't think Monty is that kind of guy. I think Monty will be trying to like double Kawhi and everything. And then I think if that happens, Clippers will win those games. If you double Kawhi in this, you're going to have a hard time because the Clippers do have a lot of other weapons. But I, I think Westbrook they're going to have a good man. game if you double Kawhi. I mean, maybe, maybe like Tory Craig uh, has that vintage bubble performance where he mm-hmm. was strapping Kawhi, but. Uh, well, I just think the Clippers are so like collectively aggressive in getting shots mm-hmm. that it, it's just going to make it easy for Kawhi to, to dominate. 
And, and that's my thing. If if he just goes with Tory Craig and say, look, Tory, if he gives you 40, he just gives you 40, but we're not going to let anyone else beat us. I I think that would make sense. And I think Phoenix would have a chance in that case, even if Kawhi has good games. But if if it's a we're going to double Kawhi, we're going to try to stop Kawhi from having a good game. Clippers Clippers win that every time because there's just too many good players. You can't really you can't leave someone on the Clippers. Yeah. To me, to yeah, me, this is this is a very a bad game, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what makes them like. That's what makes this series weird because I honestly think either of these teams are capable of beating each other in four. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. not without Paul George. They, I, they, I don't think they could do four, but they could like mm-hmm. comfortably win the series without Paul George. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I just. To me, to me, what's exciting about this series is this is a chance for either KD or Kawhi to validate themselves. I would agree. Like, to me, I really can't picture them not guarding each other at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good, They're going to have to match up at some point. They're going to have to outplay each other at some point. And, I mean, down mm-hmm. the stretch, down the stretch, it's going to be KD versus Kawhi probably every time. Yeah, it probably is. So I, I'm excited for that matchup more than the series as a whole, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I think that's I think that's the best matchup, but I think that not having Paul George puts Kawhi at the disadvantage of having to be like more ball dominant than he really is. Yeah. And and KD can still just be role player KD, which is when he yeah. the only time he's won championships is him being role player KD. Right. And um, yeah, that's that's why KD like Kawhi has a pass to lose this KD right. no excuse, which sucks because they're if 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 Paul George was there and they won this it would be because of Kawhi, but if Paul George isn't there and they lose it it'll be because they don't have Paul George, you know what I mean? No, that, I know exactly what you mean. This is the the another love that uh, gets. yeah another opportunity for Kawhi to get a pass. We we know how that's he's gotten a pass most of his career. Yeah, it's a win win for Kawhi for sure in this. And Durant has no excuse to lose this because like, look, you got the situation you wanted. You can be off ball. You can just hoop, as you like to say. To be honest, like it, K- but... KD will get crucified, but. You know, KD will probably get crucified any series he loses at this point. Um, the the real pressure here is on Monty Williams. It is. Because, like, to me, Monty looks bad if this is an even series and they win. I agree. Like, to me, the Phoenix has a lot more firepower, hypothetically, a lot more talent, hypothetically. And yeah. their structure should be better. The top four, the top five players in this series, four of them are on Phoenix. Yes. And Kawhi is the, Kawhi would be second, you know, and he's on the other team. But the next three guys in the top five is CP, Aiden, and Booker. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is. It is like that. But then literally no one else on Phoenix, like you could put the whole Clippers roster after yeah. that. Before any you name anyone else on Phoenix, so. you also think about it how like and this is like a trend. New teams that just get put together, especially when they don't have a track record of playing at full health during the season, they don't perform well in the playoffs. Yeah, 
Yeah. And KD hasn't played a close game with these guys yet. No, he hasn't. So I'm not confident at all that if one of these first two games goes down the stretch, like Phoenix is not a favorite in that situation. Right. I don't even know if they'll get good shots. They might not. Where with the Clippers, it'll be shots they want to take. I also don't trust the Clippers to get good shots, but they'll be dumb enough even when they're not good that it's this is what we want. Yeah, and I I also think that the Clippers have more mismatches in this series where you got guys like Bones. Like, no one on Phoenix can check Bones. Like, and I'm not saying Bones is like, he, he may not get a good shot, but having to guard him for a full quarter if he's let loose is a rough quarter for some, for anybody on Phoenix, yeah. especially if it's someone off the bench. They're going to have a really rough time. You mean even guarding Westbrook, if unless it's CP, everyone else should have a pretty hard time against Westbrook if he's playing decent for a whole uh, half. Um, yeah. And I'm only saying this if they're like really honing in on Kawhi, which I don't know if they will or not. We'll, we'll see. This first game is going to say a lot for this series. Yes. Yeah, this this is probably talked about. This is probably the biggest, the most telling first game. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So, so who do you have? I'm gonna go Clippers in seven. Uh, Phoenix gets embarrassed on their home court again in Game Seven with Durant there. I I'll go. I'm gonna go Phoenix in six. I think Clippers get two. We've we've disagreed on a good a good amount of series today. I'm excited how they turn out. What the only one we've agreed on is the Celtics. Oh no, I mean I agree with you on on Philly. I just don't think I think it may be more games than uh than you think. That I think that's the only thing with that that's one. Fair. I agree with you on on um, Boston, of course. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, but I picked the Lakers, not the Grizzlies. And the I mean, we'll both agree on the one and eight matchups. Even the like OKC yeah. is exciting, but I don't think they'll beat Denver. No, no, they won't. Um. Okay, last one: Cavs and Knicks. This is this is a rough one for me because these are probably my two favorite teams in the playoffs, at least in the East. Uh. I'll I'll ask you I'll I'll frame it like this. <laughs> the second half of the season, give me the positives you've seen from Cleveland. Um I think Mobley has stepped up as a versatile defender, but um th- there hasn't been any new positives in the second half. My my issue with Cleveland hasn't changed the whole season actually. It's been the exact same. They just don't have anybody who plays well at the small forward at all. And they're kind of lucky that this is the one series that they like don't necessarily need to have someone there that is playing like great. But everyone has to be a threat because everyone on the Knicks is a threat. Everyone that ever gets in the game for the Knicks is a threat. And Cavs always have one person that's not a threat on the court, like at all times. And they're like, that's really tough going into a good playoff series. So to answer your question, I think the only thing for me is Mobley 
kind of being more of a versatile defender, but I'm really not in love with that either. He shouldn't have to be. He only has to be because the small forward position, the three, isn't a good defender. So I'm, I'm going to go with my – what's okay. what's the amount of games? I'm curious. Nixon, how many? Give me a number. I'm going to go – I think this I think this one will go seven. I'm gonna go Knicks with Knicks and seven. I think I think uh Donovan Mitchell sets a record for points in a series in this and Knicks win it in seven. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I'll I'll take uh Knicks and six, but I'm giving two two games exclusively because of Donovan. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a six game record, he'll break it to your point. Uh, yeah. if he hasn't already, I mean, that Denver series a couple years back, he went bananas, right? He might've, he might've broke it then. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that was one Knicks... of those Murray series, by the way. Yeah. That was he one won of those... that. He won that. Right. But also right. Don't, don't really expect them to found a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like if Cleveland wins, it's Donovan. Yeah, there's there's nothing else that Cleveland does better than the Knicks. Right, they don't shoot better. I mean, nope. Garland is an exciting young guard. Brunson is a more exciting, and he's not even a young guard. He's just he's a, a vet at this point. I think he. He's young. He seems like a vet because he. I think he graduated from Villanova, didn't he? So he seems older, but he, yeah. he's pretty young in the league. I mean, I mean Brunson is going to dog Garland this whole series. He is. Like you can't even to me. I. I mean, I don't know who else you could put Garland on, but you can't just throw him out on Brunson for this whole series and think you'll survive. No, you can't. It has to be Donovan on Brunson, which is Brunson bullies guys tough. stronger than him. What do you think he's gonna do to fucking Garland? Right. So like Garland that's will have to guard. A... He'll have to guard quickly. Quickly comes he off probably... the bench, doesn't he? Sometimes. That's and again. That's I mean, the thing about the Knicks is just the they Knicks, have so many threats. Exactly. The Knicks are more explosive off the bench. Their role players are more expo- explosive. They don't have a position that they just don't have. Right. Or have somebody competent in. I mean, right. And I haven't even, bro, like th- these are all things that, that are clearly leaning towards the Knicks. And I haven't even mentioned Julius Randle. Julius Randle is the second best player in the series. Julius Randle was, to your point, probably the best forward in the fucking league this year. Power forward, best true power forward in the league. I, I think, I think he definitely was. Yeah, bro. And you talk about Mobley took a step. It's not enough of a step to check Randle. I can tell you that it's not. It's not. There's no step he could possibly take to check Randle. So, so this is like this is the worst matchup the Cavs could have got. Uh, honestly. Like they don't match up with the two star players, they're they're lacking wings, which means Barrett is probably gonna feast. I mean, mm-hmm. if you allow, I mean, how many teams if you allow their third player, third best player to to dominate, that you could beat them? No, none, none. 
like yeah. and with the Knicks, like everybody's gonna be in a position to dominate. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, bro, they could throw out Josh Hart for 40 minutes, and all he's gonna do is fucking stress Donovan out. Yeah. He doesn't have to score a point, and he's gonna be on Donovan like fucking glue. And that's the thing. Cavs are the only team where you really only have to stop Don, their best that's player. That's it. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's and you, it. I mean, you if, can't stop him, but you have to at least give him, make him have a tough game or a bad and, game. And outside of Milwaukee and Boston, who are the standard of the conference, the Knicks mm-hmm. have clearly the third best defense in, in, in the conference, and their defense might be better than Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah. So, like, there's really no scenario for Cleveland to win other than one name. Mm-hmm. And that's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So, uh, my heart is giving Donovan two games. But if this is a 4-0 sweep, I wouldn't be surprised. I agree. I mean, Cleveland, I Cleveland is, in the second half of the year, it's gotten worse. Like, it's more, Donovan, you just go. Like, just mm-hmm. just go, just take over. We'll just, like, mix up who screens for you. Nobody will cut. Nobody else will really touch the ball. And all those other guys who are not touching the ball are out there getting cooked on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, this it's is a recipe for disaster for Cleveland. It is, man. And, you know, I think this year with them actually having a bona fide guard is really exposed like all the other players on the team. Donovan is such a winner, such a warrior that it's made Garland look like he's not a good point guard. It's made Allen look like, all right, Allen, you're really not that good on offense. It's made Mobley look like, okay, like Mobley, what else do you do other than just be long and lanky? Like it, because he is so good and has stepped up so like stepped up the team so much that Everyone else has looked bad. And last year, when they were in the play-in, they were like, oh, man, Garland is really, really good. Oh, Allen could be, like, a top-five center in the league. Oh, you know, Mobley could be one of the best players in the league. And then once they get someone who really says, okay, just having me puts us in playoff contention, now it's like no one else looks like they're playoff good enough players. And, Um, And my issue is, like, it's easy, like it's easy to just assume a lot of casuals blame Donovan for this, where it's like, oh, well, maybe you should just like swing the ball more and get guys involved more. The problem is like we we have the same issue with Philly with Embiid, where it's by default just force feeding Embiid and everybody's just standing there. The difference is Philly's roster is immensely talented. It is. Like, they have the versatile players. They have different positions. They're not lack. Like, again, Cleveland has no wing, no competent wing. Okoro is not a competent offensive player. Stevens is not a competent offensive player. Uh, Osman, I'm not sure what the fuck he is. Lavert, right. Lavert is liable to, like, literally jog around. Yeah, and... I mean, Levert will go in the game, go 0 for 11 in the game. And be completely fine. Yeah. And he'll still be out there, which is the worst part about. 
And um, and the other difference with the Philly and Cavs thing. Oh, go ahead, finish finish your point. Well, well, my problem is there's other teams you could look at and say like they just by default feed their best player too much. Yeah, Cleveland is the only one, the only team that'll run an offense where everybody's touching the ball, and I'm looking like please, uh, Mobley less touches, please, Garland move the ball more, please. Wings, wings, you you guys are out there to defend. Stop shooting yeah. the ball. Yeah. So it's yep. by default. I'm like, Donovan, like, we got to put the backpack on. We got to take it home. And, and oh, it makes ahead, the other guys look worse. It does. And, and the thing is, the, the good thing about it with Donovan is that he also is a really good playmaker who he, for some reason, doesn't get nearly enough credit for. The reason why we were always saying, please get it, like Garland, give it up, everyone else give it up, is because Donovan is still probably the best passer on the team. Yeah. Like when he has 10 assists, Donovan looks like a top five point guard in the league, and he wasn't even playing point guard in the game. And exactly. and Garland goes like multiple games without, I mean, you know, goes months without like a double, a 10 assist game and has a, a you know, a flamethrower on his team yeah. and a, a top five lob threat in the league, maybe top, maybe top yeah. ten. There's no excuse to threats. not get high assists. Yeah, there's no excuse, and he he does it often. Um, so it, it's like that's one reason why. One thing with Philly is like, all right, Embiid maybe Embiid should give it up, but that's because Embiid, if he has the ball, he's only going to score, and that's really all he can do. We're saying everyone give it to Donovan because. It doesn't look like anyone can even get their own shot unless Donovan gives it to them some games. Yeah. And it's just because he's just that good. And, and you know, it's n- not really as much of a disrespect to the other guys as we're making it seem. It really is because Donovan's just that much better and he draws defense as well and he sees the floor well. A lot of games, last second game winning plays is because Donovan makes a good drive, finds the open guy, or takes a good shot that gets you know, um, that's a good reboundable shot. Yeah. And he's like the only one who can do that on the team. So it's rough. Yeah, man. Man, this, I, this is going to be rough. I, I'm I'm completely with you. I think that Donovan probably wins two games by himself. The Cavs could win another game just like being a good team overall. But I got the Knicks. I think the games that the Knicks win will be easier wins Easy. than any of the Cavs wins. Yeah. Like, bro, I, I just, Brunson is going to annihilate them. Yeah, he is. It's going to be, and I normally Brunson has to work hard. I, I couldn't even fathom the fact that Brunson would be going around one and he'd, he'd be chilling. Is Garland a starting point guard to you in the league? For now, yes. As of now, I don't see like he's not good enough to start. See it, you you know it's to me. The Cavs could do what New Orleans did with CJ and actually make Donovan the point, and then like have more wings. Like if they do get better wings, use the wings more and have Garland as a really good, you know, backup point. But they won't do that because they they do trust in Garland. They bought into Garland big time. But this series is going to say a lot about the Cavs roster. It is. I agree with big that. Time. If they could, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I, I want them to surprise. I want them to like play balanced, but 
I haven't seen it all year. So like I how would they even do that now? They won't. Unless Donovan averages like 15 assists. I, I just assists. I already know. I already know. Like I can visualize New York comes down, gets a good shot. Donovan has to run the whole clock out to force something. New York comes down, somebody else gets a good shot. Donovan comes down and forces something. And then somebody touches the ball, and I'm like, damn, Donovan should have forced something a third time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hate, I hate I hate, I hate those possessions. Think of that. With, I hate those possessions when someone takes a wild shot and like, yo, Donovan could have got that shot, man. Like <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, they to your point, we're, we're really going to learn like a lot about the roster. But a play-in yeah. game last year wasn't really enough to to deep dive them. Yeah. I think a series where they have to adjust and guys have to step up, mm-hmm. uh, I think will really tell us the direction of especially the younger guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that these would be the most exciting games, even if it is just Donovan versus the Knicks, even – even no. if it is like the scoring, like even if it is a blowout, I think they'll still be some of the most fun games to watch out of all of the playoffs. But yeah, as Knicks, I I'm completely with you. Knicks could sweep the Cavs. They just, definitely could. I'm very excited about the Knicks because in my again, I'm guessing, but in my opinion, I think they'll be walking into round two with a lot of momentum, and if they're gonna have a chance against. Milwaukee, they'll need it. Yeah. And I do think they have a puncher's chance. So just listeners, just so you're clear, we're picking the Knicks, but it, it's not because of Donovan. Not we the only reason we think Cavs win any games is solely because of Donovan. So um so we'll wait on the other ones. Um but, but we kind of did, we are kind of already said. We already picked who we have winning the playing game, so but we both have both those one seeds in how many games? Milwaukee and five. Milwaukee's sweeping actually. Uh, <laughs> then Denver and I'd say Denver and six. I guess whoever. Yeah, I say Denver and I would say Denver and five. But... And I actually think it's be- Denver is the only top top seeded team that needs a test in round one. Like, yeah. I think it's worse. Yeah, because if they get to coast against a team that's not ready, I think they mm-hmm. get torched by, you know, either uh, Phoenix or the Clippers who are going to be coming off of a battle. And the Nuggets don't adjust well in the game. Like, if no, they, they came out, they come out slow, come out soft, and the other team, like, comes out on fire, the game's over. Like, Nuggets don't really say, all right, like we can come back around. Let's turn the game around. Maybe Murray does, but like the rest of the team really doesn't. The Bucks can come out trash for the first quarter. They could be down twenty five in the first half, and Boston also the team out. Yeah, Boston too, and end up blowing the team out and like sweeping the rest of the series. But yeah, Nuggets they they need a full game primer a lot of times. So. All right, uh, that is our playoff um, preview right there. Uh, any other NBA stuff you want to talk about right now that you can think of? Um, we'll we'll talk about the the off season teams. Uh, 
obviously probably after the playoffs or if anything happens during the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Shout out to um, Dallas for uh, living up to the hype of letting everyone down mm-hmm. and finding an extra disgusting way to do it. We we're going to have a list or a ranking of teams that are most uh, have the most pressure this off season. We definitely need like a list that. list of those. I kind of want to do it before the playoffs are over because I kind of want to see like throughout the playoffs, whether we're right or wrong about it. And then after the playoffs, maybe do it again. Um, Cause some of these teams I think have a lot of pressure, but these playoffs are really going to determine it. Yeah. Cause there's always like, you know, one team is going to go out too early, probably Philly. Uh mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be a team that goes too far that we think are is not a kid like Atlanta. What if Atlanta does some crazy shit and beat Boston? You know, it's like possible. they're essentially a con- that means we've been wrong and they're pretty much ready to contend. Right. Yeah. Like they because did. If that you could beat, time. you know, if you could go toe to toe with that. That's why I think a lot of team, a lot of people were so high on Miami is because they went toe to toe with Boston last year. Yeah. So teams like people gave them that like that given track record uh like faith when they've yeah. been when they've been a below average team all year. Mm-hmm. So to me, I I'm very excited for these playoffs. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um one thing we we didn't mention at the top, um like done with NBA right now, we didn't mention Odell Beckham signed with the Ravens. Um, Lamar finally has a wide receiver that he's been looking for all this time. If he chooses to go back, well, you know, if no other team gets him, um, this off season, but, uh, what do you think about the move? They paid a lot for him. Yeah, but it's only for a year. So it's not mm-hmm. like, a you know, you're not throwing away long-term money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care to be honest with you. Baltimore is, is. I mean that that press conference. I don't know if you saw any of that with the coach and the the uh, GM when they had I the did. fucking nerve to try to like we're here to talk about the draft and the one the one like media guy was screaming at people to not ask about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like that that was the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yep, I agree. Um, this is an organization I used to have so much faith in. And I've I have lost that faith over the last like five six months, mm-hmm. and now I really like what the fuck does Odell do for them? Uh, you know, like Odell's just not enough. Like if if they do oh, another this... move, it's cool. But like, but to me, to me, this is a run heavy team. Is Odell gonna block? Nope. Like. You got a number one guy. You don't even he's not he's injury prone. We don't even know if he's gonna stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Like you never really needed a number one guy to be successful. But are they a run heavy team because they don't have a number one guy? No, because Lamar Jackson is the probably the most dynamic runner in the league. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> which again, which think- is like, why are you trying to help the quarterback you're not committed to? 
that's the part that is kind of crazy to me. Like, what is what the fuck? It makes yeah. no sense. It's like you're you're moving in the opposite direction, or you're moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's not enough to move the needle, even if no. like even if he helps a lot. They're gonna be. They're still gonna have a problem with. Yeah, if Lamar Lamar could moves. come out tomorrow and be like, "Well, they signed Odell, so I'm gonna give him another year," and I'd be like, "All right, so Baltimore's gonna be the same team they've been the last several years." Basically, yeah. And yeah, Odell, I know they changed a few more touchdowns. I, I'm more curious about the fact that they changed the coordinator finally. Mm-hmm. So, like the fact that they got a new offensive coordinator, that's exciting to me. But until yeah. we get some kind of, I mean, we're not going to get a resolution to it for a while, but some idea of what's actually going to happen with Lamar and what he wants, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of added weapon does nothing for this team. I agree. I agree. Um, it'll be nice to see Odell out there with yeah. or without Lamar, but hopefully it is with Lamar, but I, I don't think... Yeah, they, they still need a lot of other stuff. So, um, WNBA draft happened last week. It was really nice. A lot of a lot of good picks. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but um, it'll be interesting to see because this was a pretty loaded draft. Next year is going to be the loaded draft when um Caitlin Clark comes out, which you know we'll, we'll talk about that as time goes on. Uh. As far as sports goes, I don't I don't think I have anything else. Do you? No. Man, I'm I'm locked in on these playoffs. Yeah, we're locked in. We're locked in. We'll be back um, you know, after the first week of the playoffs. Uh maybe we'll probably next week. uh yeah, because yeah, we remember round one, we'll probably do every two games. Uh yeah. We'll get back and, and talk about how it's going, what what we're surprised by, all that stuff. Yep. Yep. So looking forward to it. Enjoy. Uh, Thanks for listening. As always, follow us, subscribe, hit us up, all the good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time.